0: Hey, Cowboy here. I see you're checking out some of our first season. Excellent choice. Great vintage stuff. Pairs well with steak. Uh, Just a few notes. In season one, the name of the show was actually Head to Head, a video game podcast. But it's still the same show that you've come to love or will learn to love if this is your first time listening. So in either case, thanks for listening and welcome to Game Corp.
1: Ooh, uh, hey there. JB here. Just a heads up, this is about to be two and a half hours of pure, unadulterated, eggnog-fueled chaos. You've been warned. Oh, and, uh, something about the podcast containing narrative elements. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. I got... Wait, why are you under the table? Dude, quiet! Get over here! Uh... Okay, what's going on?
0: The boss's grandma got him a Tamagotchi for Christmas again. Oh, no. And this time he's been
2: making everyone act like it's the 90s. If you don't keep his immersion up, he fires you on the spot,
0: man. Yeah, he's already gotten a few of us. There was um, the that one guy that hangs out at the water cooler and Michael or from, was it Sales? Yeah, Michael and, and
1: water cooler guy. We will always remember you. Yeah. Wait, where are you going? Why would you hide from the 90s? They were one of the most iconic decades ever. The music, the movies, the games. We have a chance to live in that world again, and I'm not going to pass that opportunity up. I, for one, am going to go out there and give the 90s the recognition they deserve.
3: What's up? What's What's up? up? Listen up, Bud Munchers. You're all fired. Oh, Oh, snap! snap. Not just came in to tell you, Clouds, that Die Hard's playing in the conference room. Die Hard? It's the best Christmas movie of all time. So much death and chaos and destruction. I expect you to be there or be square. Smell you later, turd nuggets.
1: Merry Christmas,
2: boss.
3: Talk to the hand.
2: It's a 90s Christmas! Yay! <laughs>
0: Welcome to the fourth episode of Head to Head, a video game podcast brought to you by GameCorp, the totally not evil video game media conglomerate. Upper management and their infinite wisdom has hand-chosen us, a couple of low-level employees with zero experience, to serve as your host for this head-to-head, no-holds-barred matchup between two games to see which will stand triumphant. I am your host, Cowboy, joined by... I'm Jake. And I'm JB, a.k.a. Jaco Baton.
2: what (laughs) What? (laughs) all right in today's battle we'll be facing off two contenders for the title of best 90s bundle the sega genesis with sonic the hedgehog we're talking sonic one versus the super nintendo with super mario world
1: you know i'm just so happy you all decided to join on in the totally rad festivities are you immersed in the 90s I think we're being forced to be immersed in the 90s right now, dude. Mandatorily immersed in the 90s, I would have no, to no, say no, yes. No, no, I mean, no, no. the, the situation is kind of like really tense yeah. in the office. Like this slave is little...
0: camped into the 90s. Uh-huh.
1: Stop it. Stop it. You're not in the 90s. You're in the 2020s right now. You're talking about slave camps and being forced into stuff. Um, this is our <laughs> chance to be in the 90s, right? Like, this is our chance. We need to embrace it completely.
2: The golden era of the 90s where the economy was pretty good. And we were kids and yeah. we had no bills. I that might it. take
0: us out of the pressure of the current situation we're in, which is being stuck you in get the it. 90s. So that might no. make it my safe place.
2: No, that's our chance. Feel it, man. Feel okay. it. Close your eyes. I'm feeling it. It's Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. You're in your Ninja Turtle jammies. Mm-hmm. Your mom busts open the door. <laughs> no, mama. <laughs> And says, Mom. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: And Mom says, Listen up, numbskulls. <laughs> That's
2: you what guys
0: my are mom called way, way to, too many flashbacks. You need right to now. make a
2: mandatory Christmas episode or you're fired.
0: Not again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a reoccurring theme in my life. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Christmas. Oh, shit. We can't None let him hear that. He will really fire us. Yeah. So feel it, man. You're, it's Christmas morning. Mm hmm there's a present it's in front of you okay beautiful star wars wrapping paper it's episode two wrapping paper which is i mean but it's there it's star wars it's got a bow on it open it up cowboy. open it up rip rip rip
1: what is that what What did you get show it to everyone it's
0: what, what is it this is supposed to be something specific i forgot,
2: <laughs> I, I, forgot. I, I i don't no. remember when attack of the clones came out but so it's it's just <laughs> let's just edit that but it's oh my god you see that bad boy on the front blue spiky hair waving finger it's a sega genesis
0: <sighs>
2: now scream like a little kid
0: <laughs> I think you're there, man. I think you're there. I think you're in I the mood. I'm got there. It. I did okay. scream a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm here.
1: Incoming pod drop from floor and 22. Look,
0: we've been blessed
2: with a drop pod on this blessed, blessy, bless, blessed day.
1: Speak here. for yourself. <laughs> Does Santa
2: send drop
0: pods? That's efficient, dude. He's upgraded.
2: Maybe. Here, uh, hand it to me. All right, let's pop it open. And... Oh, well, I guess there's only one question. It's, it's only one today. Okay. So this is from Jason in customer service. And Jason asks, What are your best childhood memories about playing video games? Seriously, we need ideas before the boss comes down here and fires all of us. We're begging you.
1: All right. I'm all in for this. I, I love this question. I have vivid memories. So I was in my grandma's basement, like I mentioned in episode one, and I had this I had this uh toy box. Do you remember toy boxes? Like are those yeah, a man. thing anymore? Um and it was too big for me. So I had to like open the lid and I would have to move to the side of it to open it all the way. Cause I my arms, my little arms couldn't reach far enough to get the lid How against the wall. How big was this box? <laughs> It was probably a foot and a half tall. It came up to a uh oh, like two small were you? how two inches lower than my nipples. How
0: small were you? A foot and a I half? Don't... That's very yeah. small.
1: <laughs> I was tiny. I didn't break five feet high until um the summer of my junior year of high school. Whoa. I was a tiny guy, but I had big feet. I remember I remember my junior year of high school. I was like four eight or something like that. And I had size uh six and a half shoes. Which really movie. tiny feet. Yeah. That's because you slept in a toy box. But I was I was tiny. Okay. Here here's how I know those were bigger. <laughs> no 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. They were size eight and a half. They were size eight and a half. Um, that's so sorry, like I, a normal average size foot. <laughs> no, my feet now are nine and a half. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do I have tiny feet? <laughs> it is. I ten and mean, and kind of. Mine are people a lot called bigger me than Bigfoot. <laughs> people called me Bigfoot. I thought I had big feet. I took it as a source of pride. Fuck. Okay. Well. Anyway, that's not All right, the We're point. breaking barriers today. That's not the point. I'm gonna have to talk to my therapist about this. Later. I really want to know about this All toy box you're back, you slept in. You're back to in. a kid. You're a foot the and a toy half box. tall. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like two, two and a half feet tall. The, okay. the shoe box. I mean, fuck, the toy box was a foot and a half tall, and I wasn't small enough to push it. I don't know the dimensions. I was a kid. I didn't know how to use a ruler. Okay, fuck. I so I. I would have to lean into this toy box, and my feet would lift off the ground, and it would hurt my ribs <laughs> in order to grab toys out of this box. Right, shoebox. Yeah. yeah. This was my prime gaming time. I would reach into that toy box. I would grab my controller. I would sit down at the CRT television, in in the, my grandma's <laughs> basement, and I would <laughs> blow in that cartridge, like. A motherfucking let's asthma get a, patient. Let's, let's, get like, <gasps> let's get a sound on that. Let's get there it is. <laughs> and I would plug that shit in, I would flip that switch, and boom. It wouldn't work. Super Mario Duck Hunt. Yeah, it yeah, it usually wouldn't work. And then I'd blow it in again. <gasps> and then boom. Got SNES presents. Right? That screen. <laughs> Did it say oh. presents? It said presents. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Look it up. Miyamoto presents. I'm too focused. I'm in the moment. I'm reliving a memory. I'm too
0: focused on the foot and a half tall asthmatic gremlin that lived in your grandma's (laughs) basement.
1: Two and a half. It had had a a a weird magical chest that it couldn't open. We'll (laughs) see what we have here. I was small, but I was crafty. I was sure. so crafty <laughs> Most goblins are <laughs> I wasn't crafty I got my foot stuck in a chair um, <laughs> It was a problem Anyway I would plug in that cartridge And I would sit down And I would play that game For hours and hours and hours And that was the best moment of my life That's kind of okay. sad Getting married, having kids I was going to say So yes. it, it's never It's oh, that there, was it. It. And it never got that, better <laughs> Before that <laughs> The best moments of my life were sitting down on my little rickety chair in my grandma's basement with my ribs hurting, <laughs> shooting fucking ducks out of the sky on this 14 inch CRT monitor. So good. Just with the little plastic gun. Bang. One yeah. day they'll all learn. Bang. <laughs> Oh, that little dog would pop up and be like, and I'd be like, "I'm gonna be a serial killer because I'm about to kill dogs one day, dog. <laughs> one day you'll laugh. Well, learn never to cross me."
0: Oh my little god, little boy you're, JB, your Christmas memories are horrifying. Yeah, that's pretty scary. scary. That's
1: amazing.
0: Well, in this story, you're alone in a basement. You're some sort of gremlin who plays games for. Was this on Christmas morning? It was every morning. <laughs> I wasn't was in every school. Day. Every day of
1: my life till the yeah. cops found us. <laughs> We're all parents now. So mm-hmm. we we understand a lot more about our childhoods. Sure, And as yeah. long as the kid is not getting in trouble and they're being quiet and keeping to themselves, all is good. There,
0: There is a bit of like a trade-off to like... I remember how much games, like, meant to me and how fun they were. But, like, as a parent now, I always want to take them away. But then part of my childhood goes, like, dude, could you imagine if your parents just let you play this for, I don't know, hours on end? Wouldn't that be sweet? You should do it for your kid. I'd be pro. I battled I would that be pro every right day, now. dude. It would—we would, would have—yeah. Uh, I mean, we might be, like—we could have been prodigies in eSports if our parents had allowed us. Mm-hmm, were there eSports absolutely. in the 90s?
1: I play games with my pioneered. kid. I'm, like— you like this? This is a hobby of yours? It is, I want to be the type of parent that normalizes that type of behavior. Because yeah. our parents didn't really do that. They're yeah, like, you true. played games for six hours today. Knock it off. I'll be like, you played games for six hours today. Keep it up. <laughs> you got to <a> career it. <laughs> You're adding. doing good. Oh, my kid, <laughs> my son, okay, he is uh, eight years old now. And he is getting winner winner chicken dinners in Fortnite like nobody's business. Really, solo, dude. Nice. I played Fortnite for like a week, and I was lucky to last ten minutes. These people are amazing, and he's he's running out there shooting people. Like it's it's cool. Here's
0: the thing, because I know that my child was better than I was at uh, his age. My child is three. I caught him playing Minecraft, building, working on a mm-hmm. house at three. That should be impossible. He can't even do those that with his Legos. Like, he's better in Minecraft than he is with his Legos at building anything. It, it, it's weird. I, I think back then our, the games are a bit more limited, you know? Like, how how good could you become at Pac-Man? You got four directions. Like, well, <laughs> how good. are you going to become a pro? You know, you, you got four buttons. That's it. That doesn't stimulate your learning core, medical terms, your learning core and your child brain. <laughs> but um the new games do there's so much coming at them. I'm so surprised how quick kids can pick stuff up. I mean it takes him I go to work and I come back and a day or two later he has advanced tremendously. It's like I got this AI I'm building at home and this kind of suspenseful movie that's just getting smarter and smarter every time I pull it open. That's my kid.
2: Yeah, I can I can attest to that too. Uh my son is I mean, he's only been four for a few months. And, yeah, every time he picks up that mi- uh, that microphone, every time he picks up that uh, controller and it does something new, it always, yeah, it, it amazes me. Like, today, mm-hmm. I was sitting here, like, typing up some last-minute notes and stuff, and he was next to me playing Roblox. Yeah, uh, There's this weird city simulator one that he likes to drive around in called Greenville, and he likes to drive the... Uh, police cars around and i was you know really trying to finish up some notes and he just fires up the sirens and it's so loud and i look at him and i was like dude i love you but can you turn the sirens off and he's like nah dad i got it he goes to the he goes to the menu settings goes to sound turns the sound down in the game Mm -hmm. and looks at me and goes how's that and i'm like boy you can't even read fuck (laughs) i mean think about
1: your work life right And we're sitting there, and, you know, Terry or or whoever Mm -hmm. shows up, and they ask you a question about computers that you learned when you were, like, 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They're like, how do I... um, I have this program that isn't responding. What do I do? And you're like, control, delete. And they're like, what? And they think you're a fucking wizard. Yep. So, I mean, these are skills that are important for any century, really, moving forward. I... I think that's something that our parents didn't really understand that is you have to look towards the future when you're raising children. And this isn't the podcast for this, but uh, fuck it. I'm going to stand on my soapbox right now and say, you parents out there, if you're listening to the sexy game daddies right now, Mm -hmm. you need to know that any interest they have is worth pursuing. If they're interested in technology, go with it. It makes your life easier. It makes them happier. And they might be the next Dendy fucking being masters at Dota 2 for, for a while. He's not that good anymore. Um, <laughs> but making real money, paying off your fucking house, happy doing it. Yeah. And being a superstar on the world stage. Just think about that for a minute before you go, hey, he's been quiet for like four hours and he's still playing that damn game. No. He's been quiet for four hours, and he's still playing that damn game. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's so that's the moment you need to have with your children. It's it's so hilarious because like all the esports
0: uh, like stars and pros, seventeen to twenty two tops because like oh, that's yeah. the mm-hmm. ideal age for like reactions and all that. You imagine the face of the parents who like scolded them growing up, and now like this kid is like, "I bought your house outright, so you don't have to pay for it anymore because I make." Uh, what you make in a year every month by just playing games, and people just give me money to just watch me play games. <laughs> like,
1: no, I wonder if they have like fantasies about like throwing him down a well or something, <laughs> you know? Like, I just I honestly, in the of the night. this is dark, but I think the parents oh, no. who would have done that kind <laughs> of go. stuff, their kids never grew up to be that, even though they could have. It's the parents that kind of just went, fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm <laughs> cracked sh- out or whatever the shitty like parents. do what you want it's the shitty parents that raise these kids and not only shitty parents of course there's some parents who go who understand right they think logically and go this may be an option to make some real motherfucking yeah. money like butters from south park right no um, we're all, we're all i have never we, we know what I, it
2: was i have never i've never actually ever thought to try to monetize my
0: child <laughs> my child
2: <laughs> You've seen Ryan, right? I've seen, yeah. It's not, for me, it's not, I've seen Ryan. It's, yeah, I've seen Ryan. <laughs> yeah, but he makes some real motherfucking money. That family is fucking loaded. I know. And I, I wonder what he's going to grow up to be, though, dude. Is he going to grow up to be a well-rounded adult? Is he going to understand mm, humility? No. Or is he going to grow up and be... I don't know one of the countless Disney stars that fucking set yep. fire to people in their driveways and goes to jail forever like oh no- yeah I he's mean, look gonna at any be the child next actor
0: dude
1: that's what he's gonna yeah be. I mean that's fair I think it's a 50 50 shot. he could either be a Justin Bieber type or if it times out right to where he's coming of that age to where he would do that shit to uh, a new platform being created yeah he's if he jumps onto that new platform. All of the people that grew up with him are going to jump with him and they're going to watch him on whatever platform that is, whether it's still YouTube, Twitch, whatever. Um, He might get a TV show. I mean, he already had one that was on like Amazon or some shit, but he if he times it right, he could transition completely into whatever he wants to be and people will follow him because of the the history He'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember Ryan. Look at him now. And even people older than him who look down on that situation would be like, oh, shit, I wonder what he's like now. And if he does it right, which he probably will because he's grown up in a situation where it's like entertain, please, people. I hope he likes it. But that doesn't matter because if he's good at it, which you will be after 10,000 hours or whatever. Yep. He's he's going to be in a situation where he's going to make money on that whatever that platform is.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Hey guys, I got Oh, check it out. Look under the table.
1: Like, okay,
2: there, under. Yeah, dude. There's what? Lunchables, dude. Yeah. No shit. There's Lunchables in here. Let's get those down there. Here, you snack break. Snack break. I know it's great for podcasts. Let's crack these babies open and here, keep going. Let's
0: get let's get get some audio in here.
2: you guys want to hear Okay, let's go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. Listen to that plasticky goodness. This is classic. This is what prime kind you audio get? content. Ooh. Yeah, man, what kind did you get? Yo, I got the squeeze-it, too. You all get the squeeze-it? I oh. got a sun. Oh, yeah, I shit. I got a squeeze-it. I got a pizza lunchable. This is always oh, my favorite. That's Dude, you got basic... the pizza lunchable? Yeah, no, it's the best. Boo. That's basically like coal
1: in your stocking. Really? No. The pizza it's so lunchable. exciting, it's no. pizza. It's got white cheese and orange cheese, and they taste the same. That's how you know the it's good, The fact that though. you have to classify them by color only. Ooh, They call them a cheddar and mozzarella normally. <laughs> oh, my God. The the sauce packet doesn't rip all the way through, so you have to hold it to the side to squeeze mm. it.
0: Oh, my God. I took I one bite, it. and Sunday morning. And I'm watching I got it set up still. Sunday morning, and I'm watching Power Rangers right now.
2: Nice. I was about to ask.
0: Yeah, mm. Cowboy, uh, regale us with your childhood gaming memories. Dude, can I tell you the weirdest thing? You know what sanctioned memories are? They're just... Sanctioned. Yeah. Is it sanctioned? Whatever. I That's like UN stuff. The UN sanctioned my memories. <laughs> uh, Google the term, whoever Frank, whoever's listening. Uh, whatever that is, sanctioned memories. It's these memories that just... Go under lock and key in your brain, and they never disappear, and they just get oh, hardwired.
2: Um, oh, geez, they um uh, they touched on uh, on on that the uh, the Pixar movie about emotions.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
2: Core memories, core memories, is what they called it. Yeah,
0: no, I, I think the more the the actor term, the term that I always heard is sanctioned memories. And um, I have the one, the one that I have, and I can picture it. I can see everything. It was the announcement of Power Rangers. I was eating. Sunday morning. California. Oh, dude. Like the announcement a... of the first episode? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do too.
2: Yes. <laughs> so the same I... one. I remember sitting there being cowboy. It's
0: sun. No. What? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> even cowboy back then. I was cowboy. <laughs> Shut up. All of you. Let, me, let, me, no, let me go re... into hypnosis yeah, here. Go I'm, I'm going to ahead, go ahead, give random details. I was. Uh, you guys eat your Lunchables. While I... <laughs> all so, right. Here it comes. I'm on a leather couch. It's brown. And there is a bulldog that I had that was named Breckley, but I was just called him Broccoli because back then my speech wasn't that great. Well, I was I'm really sorry for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got an impediment. I'm sorry for still laughing. It's all right. You what didn't are you, know. King George the <laughs> Second? Fuck you. <laughs> Leather couch reading brunch. Uh, but it's it's like 10 or 11, and uh, so I've got this mess of eggs and, and stuff. And there was the big screen TVs. And nowadays when you talk about big screen TVs, like this is a normal size TV, but back in the 90s, that big badonkadonk CRT, <laughs> the thing was like five feet out from the wall because of how big they made these things, how uh, which, how much depth they had. And they were always like hazy and weird. Like they were big, but there was, mm-hmm. they were so freaking dark. We're watching that and then Power Rangers comes up. It's got Rita. It's got um what's the dude with the silver and he just looks like he doesn't have skin? Lord Zed. Lord Zed. Zordon issuing those first lines. Alpha, we need some teenagers with attitude. With attitude. <laughs> I remember it's a sanctioned memory, and that's that's like something I always remember is that coming on I'm like, what was that? Because it was, it was a Japanese show that got converted over to American. Yeah. So I'd never seen that style of show ever. And so my mind was blown as a kid. It told me what time that it was coming on. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm like an adult. I'm planning a meeting. I'm blocking out my schedule for when that Power Rangers comes on. And it delivered. I mean, that's a legacy that still goes on today, which I'm surprised that you can steal a Japanese show and then have it keep going. You can have brands. You can have spinoffs like... Yeah, that's a fond memory. And then um oh, that thing pumped out merchandise. Did you ever have any? Any of the oh, toys? Merchandise? Oh, any yeah. of the toys. I had the uh the Morphin time thing that goes on your wrist, you know, mm-hmm. giant watch, click it. It's yeah, the morphin okay. time And the little speaker box kind of voice, you know. With the power coins and stuff. I had Yeah. I had um
2: coins. I had a couple. I had a couple Rangers, I had the Dragon Zord <laughs> Oh, Um, yeah. I had the full, that huge dragon zord that came with the uh, knife flute. And I had, okay, yeah, this one, I don't know if everybody remembers this one. There was a really obscure zord named, um, I think it was Titanosaurus. It was the, like the the long necked one. It was like a, it was like a Diplodocus zord that they would jump on the back
1: of. It was like um,
2: Littlefoot, but grown up. Yeah. (laughs) And it was more just to carry shit around. I had him too. So I'd have my dragon sword riding around in him all the time.
1: <laughs> I had the white tiger dude where you tucked his head into his body. Do you remember that shit? Like you would, you could transform them from the animal form to the uh, robot guy form. <laughs> yeah. The megazord form.
2: Yeah. No. The white tiger specifically had, had both a, um, like a, Upright Zord form and an uh, animal form. They didn't all do that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, weren't yeah. They, they were animals, and then they transformed into parts, into limbs. Most. Most <laughs> did.
2: Uh, the Tiger Zord. and the white guy and, was different. Uh, yeah, the white guy was different. It's, it's the same dude, Tommy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the Tiger Zord uh, and the Dragon Zord would um, morph into their own smaller Zords, and then the Zords proper would turn into the Megazord.
1: All right, I have a a question for you guys, and I want to know, do you remember this quote? Because this quote is like, it's such a staple of my childhood. Get ready for this. Yeah. I really hope you recognize it, because if not, I'm going to feel stupid. Okay. (laughs) Have a nice trip. See you next oh,
0: fall. Uh, the Power Ugh.
1: Rangers movie where they
0: surf yes. down in the air to the yes. song Blur. Oh my god! Uh, it's our favorite. I Yeah, skydiving and what? One of them skydives with a guy. What would with you call board. it? A skyboard.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like a surfboard meets skateboard. That's just it like so shorter 90s. than a surfboard. How
0: the <laughs> fuck do you surf on the air? It doesn't make. sense. Well, he did sense. it. He okay. He did it in a movie, and it looked fucking cool (laughs) too. Sweet, it looked cool as shit. I'm not gonna fucking lie. It looked amazing. Yeah, they were fighting. They were in a a construction area of a of a street, Mm -hmm. and it's the Pink Ranger with her whip, and she whips his ankle, pulls it out, and delivers a two line as he goes. Does that classic Power Rangers like, you know, horizontal spin where they rotate? Have a nice trip. See See you next fall. fall. And it,
2: it even had a whoop noise, didn't
0: it? Mm Hmm. Yeah.
1: Do you guys remember? It was the the lady uh, with the bow staff, right? The bow
0: staff is a whip. The Pink Ranger had a whip. I thought it was yellow. No. 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 Trust me. I remember. That's uh, that's that girl, Kimberly. I would
2: remember.
1: Oh, you're. I remember Kimberly. You're right, Kimberly. Kimberly.
2: (laughs) Do you guys remember the name of the villain in the Power Rangers
0: movie?
1: Oh, oh, it was the lady with the flying monkeys. No, that's that, Rita. That's Rita.
0: Go ahead, uh, lore Master. No,
2: Okay, do you remember what he looked like, the purple Uzi guy? Nothing, oh, yeah, dude. yeah. He had the Zs,
1: the guys with the Zs on their chest, right? Those were the putty. Am I mixing yeah, together the, like all of the I think you're mixing Rangers? up. I think you're mixing up all the bad
2: guys
0: into one like
1: you're amalgamation pl- <laughs> of...
0: You're playing Uh, checkers while
1: we're trying to play chess over here. (laughs) All right. I've been playing chess like crazy recently. That may be a discussion for another time. (laughs) I think it is. But continue (laughs) with the 90s. All right. So the bad guy in the Power Rangers movie was
2: Ivan Ooze. Yes. That's right. That's right. And that was one of the first movies that I personally saw them use um, uh, computer special effects. Because he had that weird liquid metal monster thing that they fought. Yeah. And, oh! And also the Power Rangers didn't have spandex. They all they actually had armor for yeah one the shoulder movie. pads right. No, the whole thing like it was blocky. Like they had actual armor on, dude. Yeah. I remember shoulder pads. Ooh, they had shoulder pad armor too. But they it was all like I mean it was plastic. They 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 moved from spandex to plastic, but it looked like they could I don't know
1: wreck was on that a the motorcycle boat?
2: now. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Fair. Was that the same movie that they turned into ninjas?
2: Yes. And they traded yes. in some
1: of their Zords, like I remember oh, the Black yeah. Ranger
2: ended up with a frog. Yes. Um that's the only one I remember. Let me I wanna It m- was the Pink Panther. The
0: Pink Panther, he wasn't in that. No. The no, Kimberly those.
2: turned into a Panther, right? No, she just turned into a different bird. No, like she a, turned into like a, a cougar. S-
0: like a smooth.
2: Nowadays.
1: That movie about... was so good. <laughs> it's the best movie of all time. I remember, so we were moving out of our double wide trailer because we were poor. No big deal. And <laughs> we were having a uh, yard sale and my dad was like you can sell all your shit right basically cuz i don't want to bring it with me cuz we don't have a lot of room and i was like okay cool i'll sell i'll sell all my shit but as a kid i would be like i'll sell all my shoot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh i would have my friends over like my neighbors chris Nikki, and tina if you're out there what up um what We're up bitches dead. it's your boy what Jake, what up bitches <laughs> boy jb you weren't their neighbors jake um so they would come over and they'd be like ah i really want that uh aladdin movie but i don't have any money and i'd be like yo no shit i got this five dollars from the last person who came in what if i just give you that and you buy the movie because it's five (laughs) dollars and my dad was so mad he was like That doesn't make any sense. Why would you give them the money and then you're basically giving away your stuff? And my mom would be like, Chill out. We don't need the stuff anyway. What does it matter? And he's like, It matters because we got to make ends meet. You know, we got to pay the bills. And I'm just sitting there as a kid, like, Oh, I hope I'm not in trouble. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fuck. Um, So I did that. I ended up getting rid of my Power Rangers movie for. For basically for Aww. free, and I'm still upset about it. Yeah,
0: you missed that five bucks.
1: <laughs> that yeah, movie it was, was five
2: dollars. Yeah, that movie was on
1: Netflix for a little while. Uh, I don't care about it anymore, actually. And I definitely, <laughs> really, I watched it when I saw it. I was like, yes, please. I watched the new ones with, with my son. He watches the ones where they're like in space, the bad guys are in space, and they come down, and the Power Rangers are in high school again mm-hmm again <laughs> perpetually i got zordon's got such a hard on for high schoolers with attitude
2: right
0: he must yeah he's got like a thing for watching them like fight and perspire and you know
2: yes jason another cartwheel
0: please
1: yes <laughs> it was
0: made by japan spar yeah. in the middle alpha what, what get me my towel what's that he likes them with attitude What's What's that, that animator term? It's like tsundere or, or sundry or something. Sundare. Sundare. You know where they're kind of like snotty or bratty. Like he's like, I want teenagers Sundara. with attitude and <laughs> like a little fighting. Woof, woof, <laughs> <laughs> woof! Indeed. Woof hey, I'm just indeed. interpreting. All right, that yeah. came from Japanese culture, and there is you have to read into that stuff because it comes from somewhere. Everything is repressed in Japan, so it all comes out.
1: <laughs> all right. We just talked a lot. Jake. Jake, regale me with your tales. All right. So I think
2: I'm going to make myself a turbo nerd again because some of mm. my favorite games that I remember playing. Um, well, first, I can actually relate to the the grandma part. Uh, when I visited my grandma, she had an NES, and I played Dino mm. Wars you guys remember Dino Wars with a Z on the NES? <laughs> oh, nope. with the Z.
0: That yeah, the one with I, the no, Z. I don't, no, yeah, not, not the
2: bi, Not the biopic Dino Wars that talked about the great Dino War of 1782. It's the NES game uh, with a Z, and you were this little dude, and you hopped around, and you piloted a robo-dino, and you killed other robo-dinos on your way to fight some sort of brain monster. And that game was hard as a motherfucker when I was a little kid. And I played it so much, tried to beat it, tried to beat it, tried to beat it. I played it as an adult, and it's a really bad game, and it was only a couple levels long. But I never knew that. Um, but to uh, to go back to the nerd part, uh, one of my favorite games that I played when I was a little kid was Sim Ant. Do you guys remember yeah. Sim Ant? <laughs>
0: Was yeah, that... by Maxis, dude.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah, by Maxis, yeah. When I, I feel... just started to think about that shit. I feel like that one had like a layout kind of like a chessboard. Uh there was a grid. So there were two was, different yeah. there were two
2: different uh ways to play it. Um the first one was it was just a series of levels in different environments and for those of you at home that have never played one of the nerdiest games to ever be released on PC and Super Nintendo, uh, you play as the protagonist of the Black Ant's Hive. You're the yellow ant. Mm-hmm. And you control oh, yeah. the yellow ant, and you help find food sources, and you grow your colony, and you take care of the queen, all the while battling the evil red ants for dominance on that board. And Black ants rule. Black ants rule. And the the, the whole objective was survive, kill the red ants, and proceed. And in the cool, like different map, like the the, it actually had kind of a story to it because it showed you cutscenes of the ants Mm -hmm. flying to new places, and it had a really fun song while it was doing it. Um, Cutscenes,
0: dramatic cutscenes with the ants. They were kind of
2: dramatic, dude. Oh my! And uh, yeah, (laughs) and uh, yeah, man, you would just do it, and you would have to avoid all of these elemental um, traps. Like there was a big spider. There was a big spider that wandered that would eat up your ants unless you could gather like 50 of them and then you could kill a spider. So there was a spider that was always bugging you. Uh, As you walked by, uh, if you were at a place with people, the footsteps would come and the whole game Mm -hmm. would go
3: boom, boom.
2: And you would see the big footprints smashed into the environment. And it would just decimate your ant colony if it walked where like they all are gathering food and stuff. And to me, as a little kid playing this game, it was so exciting. Yes. It was so exciting uh, making this ant colony flourish and battling the environment. The other way to play it was actually it was a board. It was square pieces. There was like 40 of them. And you start in the yard and you move your way into the house.
1: Mm-hmm. And you- Kind of like a plants versus zombie type situation.
2: Do they do that in a game?
1: Yeah, Plants vs. Zombies. Well, it's the opposite. So in Plants vs. Zombies, you would be playing the humans, um, whereas in, in the ants game, you would be playing the ants <laughs> or the zombies. Okay, I thought you play as the plants. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well yeah, you I mean, take... who <laughs> plants
2: the plants,
1: man? Fucking who watches the watchmen? Like nature, Ugh. dude. No, nature doesn't plant shit. Animals plant shit. And what animals are the best animals? Motherfucking humans. Yeah, we might have to have the conversation about
2: that with the I don't I don't remember foxes dumping toxic waste into a into a
0: stream. But
2: <laughs> uh anyway. <laughs> Sonic uh, would
0: be so upset with you right now.
2: He would waggle his finger so hard at you. Yeah, that waggle
1: would. would turn into a, a dismay waggle instead of a I'm number one. His waggle would turn into a wiggle?
2: The sky think... would darken as the form of a blue angel, yeah, You're which shrouds you robot. with darkness as a glowing finger <laughs> waves back and forth, atomizing your very soul, as Sonic says, not today. Didn't Robotnik cause, like, a forced fire in the second one?
0: He might have. He's an asshole. I mean, that, that's what he does, right? When I was a kid... When I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a fire, but now that I think about it, I was like, wow, that's really, he, like, set an entire forest on fire to kill this one hedgehog. Yeah, he's he's That's really fucked up.
2: (laughs) He's a douche. But yeah, man, uh, as you guys were jamming out to fucking Power Rangers and Duck Hunt, I was was playing an ant simulator, basically. (laughs) 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 I was like, hello, mother, Uh, did you know there's over 44,000 different types of ants? Can I show you? And mother would be like... I didn't have a joke there.
0: Jesus Christ. All right. Let's go. I only, <laughs> only play the, the cool ones. I played, in addition to Sonic, like my two favorite games on the Sega, because y- y'all were probably Nintendo. I was Sega, and I yeah. stand by it to this day. Sega was the underdog. Sega was cool. Um, you were that Sonic, bad boy with the spiky hair. Bad boys all day. You also had one of my favorites. To this day, there's a remake on the Xbox, Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, one yeah. of the greatest the music in that is so funky mm-hmm. back in the 80s like you think funky now like that's classic but back in back uh, in the 90s when when that came out that was like on point that would be like if somebody made a trap game right now you know <laughs> that's yeah, fair like a, like a game like
1: a trap game with the little toe jam
0: you know in Xanero <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I mean, would there's... be a I I am not only a game nerd, but I'm also a music nerd. And I think all of us are really. I mean, we've all played yeah. in bands, we've been up on yep. stage, we've made yep. albums, right? So one of the things that I have noticed is that Toe Jam and Earl, it has this like funk, right? It's, it has this yeah. like it's funky, dude. It is really funky. Oh my yeah. shit. Have you listened to Mr. Rogers recently? It's not funk. I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay. It's I'll
2: go with a beautiful with it then. day in the neighborhood, a beautiful bum, 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 day a neighborhood.
1: listen to the piano backing track. Listen to that beat though. Listen to the piano backing track. Yep. That's that in there. Piano whoop, whoop, backing whoop, whoop, track whoop. is Would you be mine? Womp. Would
2: you be mine? Be be. Like yeah, that, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to remember that.
1: Something like that. Yeah, that's it's right. Not, he did it's... drop the beat. Yeah. It's not jazz. I mean, it's not funk. It's fucking jazz. And it's not like watered down jazz. It's real jazz. Like real dissonance, real uncomfortability behind Mr. Rogers' comfortable singing. And it's because Mr. Rogers both was a jazz pianist, but also because he was friends with one of the best jazz pianists of... Uh, uh basically all time um oh. he wasn't he's not like a household name of of you know any kind but Johnny Costa is his name have you heard of Johnny Costa Johnny Costa the yeah. the guy Johnny I don't know is Costa all? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay fuck you uh he <laughs> so he joined um Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, right at the be- very beginning. It was like 1968. Okay. And it, there was... Uh, so Mr. Rogers was a acclaimed pianist. Like, he, he's good at jazz. He understands it. He composed basically all of the music that's on the show. And all of these executives were, like, basically saying hey, you can't have that music on the show because kids are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he and was jazz. like, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm Mr. Rogers. Everything's cool in the neighborhood. And so he wrote this music. He calls up his friend, Johnny Costa, and he's like, hey, Johnny Costa, one of the best jazz pianists of, of the current era. Would you like to be on my show? And Johnny Costa's like, uh, how much are you paying? It's for kids, punk. He's like, it's for kids, punk. And I'm actually, my name is Fred Rogers. I'm Mr. Rogers. And I am paying for this out of my own pocket, uh, which is why I have creative control. Um, so Mr. Johnny Costa, I can pay you $5,500. That is my budget. It was somewhere around there. It was a low, low ball number, even for 1968, for the the critically acclaimed Johnny Costa. And Johnny Costa says... That's exactly the amount. And so this is a big 90s to 2020 situation. He's like, that is Mm -hmm. the exact amount my kid needs to pay for this year of college. So I will do it. (laughs) So then Johnny Costa jumps on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood at the premiere year of 1968 or some shit. He lays down a fat fucking beat. And he lays down this fat fucking jazz beat with this dissonance. And all of these fucking uh, minor seventh sus 9s. And he's just like feeling it, right? And and Mr. Rogers is the one coordinating all this shit. He's writing it down. He's got his fucking quill. I, I don't know. This is made up. He's, he's got a fucking an quill. <laughs> quill <laughs> and ink, black ink made from the ground up rhino horns of the fucking rhino he killed last Tuesday. The blood and of a rhino. he grinds it up. <clears throat> He grinds it up, and he dips that quill in, and he writes down D sharp, D. Wow. And it's like, that sounds like shit. And he's like, (laughs) just wait. And he plays like a minor seven, sus Nine. And it's like, ooh, that feels good for some reason. So that's Mr. Rogers and Johnny Costa. What is this podcast? I'm sorry, but that is my childhood. That got me in... I feel so was like a little. So it's a little.
2: Music. As a little fucking. As a little uh, uh, basement gremlin, you were just like, "Fuck yeah, Fred Rogers, lay down that sick fucking beat." Oh, You're bringing out yeah, some give it to me. Costa. I was like nine
1: years, like, oh my boner. Okay, I'm gonna cut that out. Uh, Whoa, <laughs> indeed. <Whooping tea. laughs>
2: my music. Boner, <laughs> Cypress Hill, get that the fuck
0: out of here! I got Fred
2: Rogers, baby. I said
0: the hip, huh? I feel like Fred Rogers made you do heroin as a child, and you're trying to tell us in a way that doesn't make sense. Are
1: you? Yeah, are you trying? Did you freebase
0: with those guys?
1: I don't know. Mr. Rogers is good. Okay. <laughs> in conclusion, Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers was the Rogers sickest trap artist joke. of the early nineties for sure. <laughs> so to to answer your question, uh, who we was it? it? I don't even know anymore. Oh, fucking no. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Mr. Rogers Jason. 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 And customer Born. service. John from Customer Service. Mr. Rogers neighborhood. <laughs> I guess all that's right.
0: technically an answer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Now, before we move on, we hear it ahead to head. Don't believe ourselves to be the end all be all when it comes to passing judgment on video game battles. We are just Three guys with a passion for video games and implied violence. So, we would like to extend the gavel to you, trusty listener, to help weigh in on what we call the Audience Head-to-Head. The Audience Head-to-Head is brought to you by RGB Gaming Keyboards. If your keyboard isn't an exact replica of Rainbow Road, can you even call yourself a true gamer? For the last Audience Head-to-Head, we asked... Which game series has the more convoluted plot, Metal Gear Solid or Kingdom Hearts? The results were overwhelming, with the winner getting seven times the votes as the loser. You all spoke and declared once and for all that nobody does confusing as well as Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. For this week's head to head, we ask Coins versus Rings. Yeah, that's it. Coins versus Rings. Which are better. You can reply to this episode's post on Twitter or message us directly with who you think wins this battle to help us decide the results. And remember, you can always
2: reply to us uh, using our email, uh, headtoheadpod at gmail.com. That's head number two, headpod at gmail.com. Also, hit us up uh, on Twitter. We're trying to build that base. It'd be great uh, if we could talk to you guys on there, too, man. Well, wait, 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 wait. Do you guys Listen. I hear something. you guys what? hear that?
0: Yeah. No, all I hear is that noise.
2: Yeah. It's the clippity clop Ew. Of cloven hooves
0: on the
1: roof. What do you mean, ew?
0: I uh, just nothing.
2: You don't like. <laughs> it's Santa! Oh my god. There he is! Ho ho hoing! Right there! He's <laughs> <laughs> singing a whole song!
1: He's <laughs> saying no oh. ho oh, oh. <laughs> What's he doing? I hear him. He's saying ho ho ho. He's up there. He's shooting a gun. <laughs>
0: Why is he? He's wearing such revealing clothing. Ooh, la, la. He's singing next... shoot him up by Tupac. Oh,
1: this is such an amazing soundscape. <laughs> fuck your click and the climpkey cling. <laughs> I don't remember those. Clingo, Chris. Song. Klingle. <laughs> Chris...
2: This beautiful soundscape that we're hearing right now with so many things happening—it's so much work. What is that? Subwoofer.
0: Whoa! Mm. Santa's got bass. Santa goes hard. Santa goes hard in the paint. Oh my God! What's
2: he? He's killing somebody, (laughs) Santa. (laughs) Santa, no! (laughs) What is this? Anyway, yeah, something just fell out of the chimney. I hope. Oh
1: wait. Yeah. 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 Something fell down the chimney. Okay. Oh, wait. He's committing another felony. He's opening someone else's mail. Oh, my God. Santa, no. That's a felony Santa. (laughs) (laughs) He's smoking (laughs) weed now. (laughs) On the steps of City Hall. How dare he? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. What you got What do you got in your hands there, Jake? What did you drop?
2: Yeah, it's a package. Don't you edit any of that shit out. Okay, it's Don't you dare. It's a package. All right, let's open it up. Let me see. Now? Oh, it's
0: the Yeah, why not? Here, I'm going to open it up. Rip, rip, rip. Tear, tear, tear. But okay. don't you know that if you open packages early, Santa will hunt you down and hurt your family? That's what my parents told me. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, that's I need to what make I'm a call. Saying. I gotta go. <laughs> you know what? My parents haven't okay. been that great to me this week. All right. Go ahead. Open it. Too late now. Okay, open it. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. All right. All right. What's in the package? <laughs> I hope you all are totally immersed. <laughs> 90s.
2: Oh. Oh, cool. It's the uh, Game Corp. Holiday Shopping Guide. And um, mm-hmm. it's not even, it's it's not a paper, it's a floppy disk. Let me just pop it into the old uh, iMac here. Are we yeah. talking A or B? It's B. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and. Oh, it's ready. Okay, it says GameCorp Holiday Shopping Guide uh, Christmas Season
0: 1992.
2: Cool. Hmm. Yeah. fucking. <laughs> right. We don't update shit. <laughs> and it looks like uh, oh, it's just a list of cool stuff to buy people for Christmas. This is a great guide to buy your nerd at home something special for Christmas. Uh, first up we have Wow. It's the custom Ahegau keycap full set from Etsy uh retailing for $15.41 for the elite PC gamer in your household.
0: What's a hey gal? Can we see it? Let me see.
2: Yeah, come close. Come look at the uh come look at the monitor here.
0: All right. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> mm. Woof. Uh, how do you even know which one is what letter?
1: Um well, look at escape and just read her face.
0: Jesus. It's like that. It's like that shirt that you always see people wearing when they they've given up on their life and they go to Comic Con in it. Y'all know oh what I'm talking about. And they wear yeah. It's, it's so black and white, and there's a lot of faces.
2: It looks like these girls are having a great time. I think they that's look the, like they've been exercising a lot. It's the takeaway from this is that uh, it's Jesus. it's a lot. It
0: looks like they're. I think they, I think they agreed to be there. You know what this is, is it's when you try to throw popcorn into somebody's mouth, and you're like, hey, catch this. And, like, I assume that you can't see the popcorn. I hope that's what's going on here. Yeah, it's that, but it's like, I don't know, it's like the seventh attempt, and there's a
2: lot of butter on their face because, you know, they keep getting that
0: (laughs) melted butter smashed all over their face because it keeps missing. Every key. It's every key. Every key on this keyboard's got uh, these... Anime girls trying to catch uh, popcorn, popcorn in their mouth. Oh,
1: what's going on with Caps Lock, though? What is. is going on with Caps Lock? <laughs> These lovely ladies, popcorn. So I guess it's for
2: the
0: popcorn lover in your
2: house, really. I would assume
0: this goes great with that uh, that pillow that they sell that has you know girls trying to catch popcorn on them. The full body pillows with right popcorn catching girls. Yeah, right. they'll well, they'll go great together.
2: This is cool. Uh you can find this again on Etsy for a I mean, measly $15.41. That's a weirdly specific wow. price point, but yeah, very affordable Christmas gift.
0: Um Is this uh is this going to be on my search history or is this just on yours? It's, it's it's the work computer. If it got through the fire, I mean, no, it, it's it's
2: I'm sorry. It's on the uh it's on the uh it's on the iMac here. So, I think it's okay. It's on a floppy. There's no internet involved.
0: Yeah, okay. I- so, I'm going to talk to Luke anyways. We'll see if we can purge this, but sure. good.
2: Good idea. All right. Speaking of pillows, your nights will never be lonely again. With the Danny DeVito <laughs> Daki, <laughs> ma, Daki, Daki, Maki, Daki Makura full body pillowcase cover.
0: Oh, from eBay my God.
2: For only $22.52. This wonderful, uh, it's only the cover, but this wonderful body pillow cover um measures it at twenty inches by fifty inches. So it's probably the same size as the actor himself. And it features Danny DeVito in a nice <laughs> in a nice dinner jacket. Um, Real he's size he's, Danny DeVito. He's, he's very confident in this picture. He's like, Hey, we're gonna spend the evening together. He's got the nice glasses on, suit coat. It's uh He looks
0: a little bit depressed in this. He looks like he was forced to take this photo. You think they made him do it? I mean, would you willingly do this? I don't, well, I mean, that's that's assuming that they held him captive and said, you're going to be on this pillow.
2: And then So you think picture. some company
0: kidnapped Danny DeVito
2: mm-hmm. and then surprised him, maybe at like a nice dinner. I don't know, maybe at like a nice dinner. He looks like mm-hmm. he's dressed up for like a nice formal dinner. He's out with his wife. They mm-hmm. kidnap him. Danny DeVito's growling like a little wolverine in the back. Mm-hmm. They hit the lights, mm-hmm. push him up against the wall and say, look sexy, DeVito before he can say what the hell is this they take that picture and sell it on eBay. Yeah. I can
0: yeah. See it. I think that's how, exactly what happened.
2: How tall did you say this pillow was? Uh it measures at the uh, 20 by 50. Those are inches. Mm. 20 wide, 50 tall.
1: About the size of Danny
2: DeVito. Yeah. Uh
1: the thing is Danny DeVito is 58. Oh. Well, this isn't an accurate representation at all. Yeah, his wife is uh, one inch taller than him. Really? Rita Perlman? Lucy DeVito? Is that not his wife? Oh, my God. Who's it Rita, Rita Oh, <laughs> that's his daughter. Rhea Perlman is his wife. You're right. Rhea, and his oh, daughter. I called her Rita. You, Rhea Perlman.
0: Do you think that any of... Do you think Danny DeVito has bought his own waifu pillow and given it to people before? It's me. It's Danny. I'll cuddle hey, uh, with you every night. Hey, I know you. Uh, I know you can't get around me for Christmas. So uh, my daughter, my daughter, who is one inch taller than me, I got, I got, you this pillow, so you can always have me around. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Danny DeVito sounds like in my head. <laughs> it was great. Thank I think you. we're going to explore that for future episodes for sure. What up? Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, up next, can I? Well, can I yeah, say that I didn't want to spoil the surprise. But I had, here's the thing. I have a theory. I think in the future, uh, even if it is by my hand, I think everybody should own a waifu pillow. I think that should become a thing. I think everybody should have their waifu. With a real authentic waifu on it or just like anything you want on it? Anything. But anything could be your waifu. Like, you know, let's say you're super into Game of Thrones. Like the dragon from Game of Thrones can be your waifu. It just becomes your form of expression you know your way of saying like this is what matters to me i think everybody should order you can do custom waifu pillows online whatever you love whatever you're passionate about whatever your hobby is let's say your hobby is uh, ping pong get a ping pong waifu pillow you know if your if your passion is mario get a mario waifu pillow and i'm sure they have the the type you're thinking of so you can probably hmm. get that
3: but it doesn't so have to
0: be that
2: you want to you want to make it mainstream you want to make it okay
0: I want it to be okay. I want sometimes you need to take what you love in life and have it comfort you in times of need. So when I have my Star Fox waifu pillow, that's not weird. I need it. All right. So
2: up next, uh, capture the magic from the scene (laughs) in Jurassic Park where the Triceratops had massive mud butt. With uh, this Jurassic Park Triceratops one-tenth deluxe art scale limited edition diorama statue from Big Bad oh. Toy Store coming in at a measly $1,014.99. This one-tenth scale, uh, I guess, replica that you throw oh up on a shelf God. for 1000 bucks, You too can, well, I guess, revel in your favorite characters
0: from Jurassic Park. Can you even throw this this bitch up on a shelf one tenth the size? How big is a Triceratops?
1: That's a really good point. It's one tenth the size uh, 2800 of Triceratops. Twenty eight hundred pounds, uh, about uh, eight foot two.
0: I, I'm about to I'm about to fact check them. Triceratops are thirty feet. That means this thing is at least three feet long. That's long. <laughs> it's just, this thing is uh, humongous. This is a three statue of a triceratops having diarrhea while two I mean, humans hug the face of it. <laughs> this is the the fucking triceratops. For, man, these character models are good. That's actually that's the girl from Jurassic Park. Yeah, to a T. It, this is stunning detail. And it, oh, it's it's got the guy, and he's got his head on the belly. Yeah, and and again, so if it's three feet wide, he's at least like one or two feet tall. Why did anybody make this? How did this make this through several approval processes?
2: I think this would be an amazing thing to have on your coffee table. You know, like a talking piece. Some people put magazines or some piece of art. I don't know. A three-foot, probably intensely heavy... Probably made out of I don't know what you'd make this out of stone fucking
0: granite mud butt triceratops. Can we can we put these in the podcast liner notes? Because I I cannot be alone in seeing these things. And oh,
2: absolutely! I'll post uh, I'll post
0: these things uh, up on Twitter. My God, dude! I mean, if uh, if reality wasn't already broken for me, the fact that this exists just makes me so much less certain of what what we live in. Jesus! All right. <laughs> The girl in the back is just terrible. <laughs> She's just... All the rest have great quality, and I don't know what they did to her, but she looks terrible. It's 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 the blonde child in the back. It's great. It's terrible, but it's great. <laughs> all right, what do we got?
2: So up next, now you too can say, I'm sorry, John. I must feed John in style with the. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The adorkable Garfield cat mascot no. costume by greatmascot.com. Retailing for a, eh, a nice, comfortable
0: $339.99. You can't put a price on nightmare fuel. Jesus Mm-mm. Christ. Look at that thing, it's got real fur.
2: It's the stuff of nightmares, I think. So is it the people supposed who, to be scary? It might be. Okay, have you guys ever visited the subreddit, I'm sorry, John? Yes. I am very aware. I feel like this is prime material for that. And I feel like somebody who owned this
0: probably has people in their basement. <laughs> this is beyond fursuit. This is beyond anything like that. This is just, you can't even use this for Halloween. This is too st- weird and scary for Halloween. I don't like this.
3: This Mm -mm. makes me
0: uncomfortable. (laughs) Zero reviews, I wonder. (laughs) I really (laughs) wanted some reviews on this thing. I really wanted people to tell me what they thought. You think that means no one's bought it yet?
1: Maybe not, I don't know. Have you scrolled down to the related products? Does this website
0: specialize in just?
1: It sure does. It's supposed to be mascots, like for quote, 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 air quote, air quote, air quote, air quote, air quote quote mascots. Why are
0: all these so goddamn just horrifying? It's got to be intentional, right? None of these are okay. None of these make me feel safe. Not a single one of these makes me feel good about anything. Look at that chipmunk. Oh, and they blow up. They got the little air attachment. They blow Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) <laughs> what kind of christmas are you trying to are we oh yep that's game court for you mm-hmm. these are gifts of terror that's what that these are. makes a lot of sense you're right i really forgot where we worked for a minute i don't see what the problem is um i don't even know where to begin furries would be freaked out by these things
1: these are mascots for like sports teams, you know basketball, football, rugby mud wrestling what
0: what kind of mascot uh what team is represented by the uh parrot that would encounter you in an alley when you're drunk and isolate you from your friends what what a uh, team does he represent because i don't I don't like the cut of his jib at all the team named
1: the alley cats. <laughs> can we
0: move on before i need therapy yeah 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 yeah
2: you You know what dude this holiday guy this holiday guy's fucking whack man let's uh i'm (laughs) just gonna i'm just gonna throw in the 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 fire that i had placed before we started this uh, convenient fire here we go Yeah, aren't
0: you not supposed to burn plastic floppy disks? It says, in it's case like a- of
2: bad segment, throw that shit in a fire. So. Oh. Yeah. Um,
0: Wait, do you hear that? Yeah. Yeah? Sounds like a knock. Is that the clip-clop on the roof again, or am I hearing knocking at the door? No. No. <laughs>
2: That's
0: definitely the door, dude. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: okay. Well, who's there?
1: It's Santa. Santa who? claws i don't i don't get it no it's it's not a bit i brought a gift for you all straight from the boss i mean the workshop
0: oh hey nice thanks terry
1: i'm not terry i'm santa
0: (sniffs) yeah right well thanks santa
1: hey are you gonna have me on the show again soon yeah right
0: (laughs) uh i'll take that terry
2: I'm yeah. sure you got a lot of people to get to, mm. Santa. Um,
3: mm-hmm. I... uh, bye,
2: Santa. <sighs> that was close. So what is it? Uh, let me open it. Oh, it's a CD. Uh, it says, in case of emergency, number 3942. Uh, let me just pop it in the discman here and uh, press play, I guess.
3: Listen up, no skulls. If you're listening to this, it means I've found my Tamagotchi and have forced everyone to maintain the illusion by pretending it's the 90s. You're probably sucking off too, so you're out dead fucking ice. Make those games battle to the death like it's 1997. Also, give me an iconic Christmas ad, like those talking chocolates or the polar bears drinking liquid diabetes. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Knock <laughs> out my eye on a pair of those Reebok pumps, baby. Smell you later, losers.
0: That was...
1: Oddly specific. He must have wrote that this morning, right? Uh, I don't know. Wait, there's a year on the CD. Oh. My. God. What? It says it was made in 1982. What? No. Seriously? Dude, how is that even possible? Psyche! Yeah.
0: (sighs) Well, okay, I guess. I guess that means let's go ahead and get to the showdown. But first, a word from our sponsor.
2: hey everyone usually a pre-recorded ad would go here but we wanted to take just a quick break from the obviously a plus comedy goal that we dish out each and every episode and send out well wishes for this holiday season we all know 2020 is not what anyone expected it to be and that in itself is an understatement to those that have lost their jobs this year to those that have felt especially lonely this year to those that feel beaten down by society and to those who have lost loved ones this year, we feel for you. The three of us understand that for a lot of people, video games and lighthearted silliness are outlets that help deal with the more serious aspects, especially in our new day-to-day. And we hope that what we've created can provide a bit of respite from that. Uh, To all you wonderful people out there listening in, we wish all of you a safe and happy holiday season. And remember, we're in this together so let's laugh together and let's overcome it together.
1: The 90s were all that in a bag of chips. Other decades may think they were better, but as if the 90s were the bomb.com home skillet. Our two games for today's showdown are fat, fly, and make you want to say booyah, but only one can reign supreme in today's head-to-head showdown. The
0: first contender in tonight's matchup is Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis. Before the ear-shattering startup of the PlayStation 2, before the memeable xylophone of the GameCube, there was the one that got it right. Sega! Those sound waves hit your eardrums and synapses start to fire, adrenaline flushes through your system, and anticipation builds just before BAM! You see him, popping up into view from lacing his kicks as Sonic the Hedgehog, waving a single finger at you as if to say, I'm number one and you fucking know it. Leave Mario to the babies, cause this was the 90s game for cool kids. Fresh red sneakers, spiky blue hair, and edgy synth-pop music. And running away from your problems, that was the 90s personified. To me, Sonic was the OG pimp of early gaming. He was obsessed with having too many rings, he had a foxy companion always by his side, and he was all about the shoes. Plus he was busted for running a prostitution ring, I think. While Mario was stuck under Toad's sink trying to figure out why the mushroom man-child would take a duke into a garbage disposal, Sonic was a hot youth out in the world making a difference. He always was ahead of his time. You get it? Cause he's fast. Huh? Yeah, you get it, you get it. He was the Greta Thunberg of the 90s, leading the revolution against cybernetics, robot encapsulation, and makeup testing on animals. Sonic represented nature in the old ways against the always advancing uncaring technology and the monopolizing corporations. Like Nintendo. Wink wink. And no. It's not at all ironic that he did it through video games, which contributed massively to the plastic industry in the 90s. All right. The bad boy
2: of early 90s gaming, Sonic the Hedgehog, specifically Sonic 1. Now i'm gonna throw it right to you cowboy because as i understand it uh jb and i we were the nintendo fanboys we both had the super nintendo i didn't even get to Mm -hmm. really play sonic as a kid i only got to play it as an adult so i don't have a lot of nostalgia when it comes to sonic so man how does sonic
0: make you feel yeah, you, you didn't get that. Uh, you didn't get that hit from it when it first was well, like fresh on the scene, like when Sonic landed. Mm-mm. I mean, Mario. Like I said, it, Mario was the baby game at the time. So, Sonic landed with those fresh kicks, with the with the the level designs, the speed. I mean, it was the coolest. Like that's the only way I can put it. Sonic to me, and the Genesis. The Genesis had a name. I don't even know what Genesis meant back then. Because, like, you knew Nintendo, you knew what it was, and you knew what Super was, but what the, the hell is a Genesis? I think it was just, yeah, I think it just sounded <laughs> Sounds, cool, dude. It like, sounded biblical. Right? Because this is what I remember
2: about Sega, because I never even got to own one. I briefly got mm-hmm. to play one whenever I would go to, like, family members' houses and stuff like that. But Sega always felt
0: like the bad boy's console. It was. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fucking black black yeah Every it, nothing had been like that before well
2: i mean i think the atari was black with like wood panels and stuff but it was sleek it looked cool um and yeah a lot of the games that released on it had that that bad boy visage like it, it says it all mm-hmm. in the title dude sonic comes up wagging his finger like it, everything you said about it is true this is the game for the kids who pushed down people who played super mario world <laughs>
0: And every every like game's title on the cartridge came with like that that explosion clip art behind it, you know, like yeah. all of them. Every title came across like this yellow or red, just spiky balloon, you know, behind it. Just you know, no matter what it was, it's F Zero with with an explosion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like that. That was Sonic, or that was a uh, Sega. Did you
1: play any Sega, JB? I, I similar to Jake, I I never owned a Sega, so I played it at. Um, friends houses I had a neighbor growing up who had a Sega and had all of the best games so you know of course Sonic but not just the original Sonic he had like Sonic and Knuckles where if you I think it was Sonic and Knuckles but it had a special slot in the game yep.
4: where mm, you yeah. could plug
1: another game into it that shit was wild blew right? my
0: mind you were you were supposed to plug. So what I think that was, and I, and I heard a little bit about it, but you were supposed to only plug Sonic, but you could plug yes. other games because what it was, it was basically like early, the early version of DLC. Yes, like wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, uh,
2: I like, you could take um, Sonic one and two, and it would inject basically inject Knuckles into those games.
0: Right, right. I mean, that's how fucking rad is that? That is the. First DLCs. Sega did DLC back before like anybody knew what it was or like hated it. Like we loved it. Yeah. Did that cost or no yeah, that had to cost. That was like what, an extra ten bucks or something? Throw on the knuckles? No, I mean it was the game. Sonic
2: Sonic and Knuckles was a game. I think it was Sonic three. Right? Or was it after 3? I don't remember. Oh, man, I don't remember. But Sonic & Knuckles was a game. It was a game in itself with his own story and everything. But it also came with that really cool feature. But tonight, we have to focus on the game that started it all. Sonic & Knuckles. Yeah, because all those cool features. Up. We're not thinking about the cool, crazy patch that Sonic & Knuckles uh, threw in. That's We're funny. not even thinking about being able to press down and, like, spin dash. You couldn't even do that right? In Sonic 1. No, no tails, no nothing.
0: The original Sonic. I, I, I played it again, obviously, and I, I was a little like, no, nah, I'm missing something here. He could always spin dash, right? And Sonic
2: no? 2. Yep. Sonic 2. Sonic 2 introduced, a, uh, well, several new mechanics like that. Um, yeah. That is something that I wanted to touch on, uh, I guess, specifically uh, with you as well, J.B., um, I was kind of taken aback a little bit because I did play more Sonic 2 in my life than Sonic 1. I think this was my first time even playing mm-hmm. Sonic 1. and Really? Yeah. And a lot of those things were missing. I'm used to Sonic 2. Sonic 2, the the level designs, they were similar, similar enemies. They, they felt a little more cohesive, though. Sonic 2 made you want to go faster. And the level designs yes. accommodated for going faster. Did you think Sonic 1 accommodated that going faster that much
1: not in the same way as sonic 2 sonic 3 uh sonic and knuckles those other games like they really leaned into the gotta go fast style but sonic 1 you could go faster than any other game that i kind of think about during that era like mario you were so slow compared to sonic yeah and um it was
0: revolutionary
1: yeah and sonic especially the the first couple um i don't know like green hill zone right the yeah. first 3 levels mm-hmm. it, depending on how you take your route you can go through the entire thing with never slowing down yeah right if you hit the treetops just right that have you know the um those little what are those like commu- computer monitors that have coins yeah. and <laughs> the, random stuff the, in the them the crts that you it's bust fun. open
0: for for power ups and stuff yeah. And again, Sonic hated technology, so he was destroying computer monitors to free what was inside. Yeah. That's which, <laughs> so weird. Which didn't make sense. It's super fucking ironic that you're playing a video game It's like, destroy your TV! Yeah, and I can't play you. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I want to point out that also, Going Fast wasn't just a no-game had done that before because they didn't think of it. No-game could do that. You're talking mm-hmm. about technical limitations of, of the consoles, too. So... You, you gotta understand the coders made it so you could breeze. And that first mm-hmm. s- set of three levels was expansive. It had three elevations that you could run through that you could seamlessly transition to like the, the highest point for the guys that were really good, the midpoint for your average player, and the low points for people who just could not stop falling. But it was technically impressive. The first level was like a showcase.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that is one thing that I noticed right away. If you just took... Well, you just took a a level from Super Mario World and compared it, you know, one to one to an individual level from Sonic. Uh, Sonic's levels are immensely more detailed and more Mm -hmm. complicated. And Sonic's level design. Yeah. Sonic's level design and art style, taken at face value. Is I mean, if that's all we were judging it by, Sonic would win by a landslide. Uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's level design and, and graphics and just visuals in general are so much more intense than mm-hmm. Super Mario World. Um, I have a lot one, of flash. I have one huge complaint about the level design in Sonic One though, because uh, I feel like a lot of people. If they were a kid and played Sonic and didn't really get to dive into it, most people experienced Green Hill Zone. And then probably Mm -hmm. the next one, Marble, the Marble... Yeah, Marble Zone. Zone. But maybe some people got past that, and then the Elites got past that. Like, I felt very few kids beat Sonic 1, I think, from my experience. Um what i really experienced after green hill zone with all the cool loopy loops and all like the showcasing of what sonic can do sonic became yeah. intensely harder very quick and each level just kept telling me you can't go fast you can't do yeah. this every single slope that i hit had like a surprise mm-hmm. slot uh, a slot saw blade or something that would come and get me like every single time i wanted to do something cool the level was like fuck you guy Here's some (laughs) fucking... I was going to say bees. Here's here's, Here's some bees. Here's some bees. Nah, here's a flamethrower. (laughs) Here's a saw blade. Here's something that you cannot even predict happen to because it it pops out of nowhere. Um, That is a huge complaint of mine with Sonic 1. And I think they they realized it quick and capitalized in, in subsequent games. But Sonic 1, I think, punishes you for wanting to go faster sometimes, dude.
0: It... I will admit it does, and I think this was—this is almost like the arcades. The arcades have uh, arcade games. You go to an arcade, you put in your quarter, you fl- you play for a bit, and certain sections of it you breeze through. You kick ass. You know, you're playing that four-person Ninja Turtle game. You got four kids around, four joysticks, four, uh, what, eight buttons. But there are sections of that game where you will get hit. There's nothing you can do, and you will die because they need to spread that game out. They need you yeah. to keep inserting quarters. So this, in my theory, happened with Sonic. They needed to slow you down. They needed you to get hit. They needed you to die because they needed to spread the game out. They did. They put all their eggs in that first basket, that first three levels, and then they had to pad the rest out, which I'm I'm a huge Sonic fan, but I have to admit what's true. And that's kind of what happened. The game for telling you to go fast punishes you for trying to go fast.
1: Mm-hmm. So I you noticed in Marble right. Zone that there's there's all of these different things that are trying to slow you down yep. so like yeah. maybe you have to wait for a door to open up so you can go through it okay. or you have to go across the lava so you need to wait until that platform shows up S- mm-hmm. slow
0: moving platforms across the lava that you can't go fast you have yep. to stand on them and wait and they're so fucking slow
1: there's um, um sp- there's an interesting sorry <laughs> there's an uh- interesting thing with Marble Zone I so, of course, with something that you got to go fast in, like Sonic, uh, I decided to look up the speedruns of the game because I haven't looked into them in a while. And I saw in Marble Zone, there's like this out of bounds speedrunning trick you can do that lets you finish the that, um, I think it's Marble Zone 2. Yeah, You can finish it in like seven seconds or something crazy like that. Yeah. 17 seconds. Uh, so, I spent a day well it, it didn't take that long because it's fairly simple but um, probably like 30 minutes to be able to do it the first time and th- so I think the, the speed speedrunning community is agreeing with our assessment of Marble Zone that it's you it, you're being slowed down too much and it's yeah. hindering and you want to beat it faster so they found ways to break the game in order to get it done as fast yeah. as possible. There's no point in speed running it because
0: you can't you're bottlenecked
1: heavily mm-hmm. So, if you're trying yeah.
0: to do it without glitches, yeah.
2: Uh, I was actually going to ask you about that, JB, because you were actually sharing a video of uh, you trying to speedrun and play with the glitches and stuff that are spread mm-hmm. throughout the online community. Uh, there was that one. Is it the same one that you're talking about where you had to yeah. stand at the edge of a platform
1: and just catch the right frame and it like, slingshots you across the rest of the level? Yeah, it's a pixel perfect trick which this is my first time ever doing one in those in a, like a game for speedrunning, and you have to get like you have to watch it and get your foot perfectly on this very specific pixel and then you push um, you push uh, into the wall and jump and you have to jump on frame two so there's like a frame perfect trick mm. so you have to like push over and then the frame two frames later hit jump and then you teleport to the right and you just are constantly flying against the screen and then at some point you hold left and then it'll i am not sure if i'm remembering this correctly but you hold left and you'll you'll end up immediately finishing the game basically that's so wild or that map
0: how do how do people how do you do is there people that for hours just you know, push themselves against walls and, and I think and so crevices and cracks. Mm-hmm. And like, how do people discover these pixel perfect, like 32 step process? It it seems impossible. I, I, I don't even know. I think it's,
2: well, when you go back that far, like a, a, the super Nintendo, and the Genesis, that's the 16 bit era. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird, like memory glitches that you could play around with, yeah. with the games in that era. Um, it's, I don't know if it's what's happening in Sonic, but I can compare it to <laughs> Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> um, I know that there is little tricks you can do whenever you make certain commands and start breaking the games and you actually start editing code that way. Yeah. Like you're you're injecting code into blank slots that makes the game do things. So I can mm-hmm. only assume that's what's happening with these games as well. Um I think a lot of that, I think that was just the way to do it in that era, is find those glitches that injected just the right amount of code to just slingshot you to a different part of the game.
0: Yeah, you basically, like, overstep a certain amount of code, you get, like, some extra code that gets pasted here, and then you do certain steps to get that code to generate to a different code, and it's neat, dude, I mean, that's, like... That's neat that you have to do that you have to do a certain s- series of step and you're altering the code in a very
1: specific way to get what you mm-hmm. want.
0: I mean, that's that's pretty damn neat. I'm going to admit that.
1: Did you guys have a favorite level in Sonic? Dude,
0: I will tell you right now. Best music, most fun casino level every time. That's Sonic 2. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's no, Sonic 2. No, it's too. it's in it's in 1 it kind of sucks. I'm gonna admit that this is paint. This entire segment is painful for me. <laughs> it sucks in one, but it has it. It fucking has it. It's got the bouncy things. It's 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 got like oh, lights. That That's about one.
2: It. Um, see that that concept was done really well in Sonic 2, and I know what you're Ca- talking about the casino level. In this one, it had the um the pinball bouncers and stuff like that. But it was the yeah, yeah it it was the, it was the precursor to. Sonic 2's badass
0: casino level. I know what you're talking about.
2: I don't remember can, can the I, name of the zone, though.
0: Uh, light something. Starlight Zone? Starlight. Is that the one you're talking I about? I think you got it.
1: That sounds yeah, right. Yeah, I, I got a more of a, yeah, I get what you're you're talking about, because it has the same sort of feel. Um, but it's more, to me, like a urban... Like it's a cityscape. It's scape. a cityscape or in Sonic It 1. might
0: be Spring Yard. It's Spring Yard. Spring Yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a uh, spring yard. That's the, and I want to say this about Sonic. Um, it, they were going up against a massive company. Yep. And I want you guys to know, uh, at the time Nintendo did own ninety percent of the gaming market. Yeah. They were huge. I mean, you're talking David and Goliath. And so you have Sonic going up, and maybe the first game wasn't all that great, but it cast the first stone. You know. To, to keep with the parable or, or whatever, you know, the yeah. fable. And uh, I think it's great in that it was the giant shoulders on which the other games and the other Sonics had to stand on. So without Sonic 1, you didn't have Sonic 2, and Sonic 2 got it all right. Yep. But I think all that credit should go to Sonic 1. That's just me. Mm. Okay? <laughs> do you guys know... Sonic 1 gets all that.
2: So do you guys know what the original pack-in game for the Genesis was?
0: No, but I want you to tell me, Lower Master. I (laughs) want to hear all this. (laughs) It was Altered Beast. Uh, No shit. Yeah. Was that the fighting
1: game? Altered
2: Beast. Altered Beast, that side-scrolling brawler where you get bestial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leaning real hard into that edge that Sega wanted to capitalize on as well. It wasn't fun-loving Mario. It was Altered Beast. But... Mm -hmm. They realized quick that they need their own mascot, right? Uh, They need something that can, I guess, generate the the same type of hype, the same type of love, Mm -hmm. the same type of nostalgia. Alter Beast wasn't going to do that. Uh, people aren't going to have fucking altered nope. beast shirts, like and, and altered beast plushies.
0: Um, Getting that for Christmas under your, yeah. <laughs> your tree as a kid. Rise from your grave, <laughs> coming out of your present. So yeah, ah!
2: they, <laughs> they 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 leaned into Sonic for that. So they they yeah. they took Sonic and made it their mascot, their flagship franchise to right. specifically compete with Nintendo.
0: They had a contest. Yeah. They, they, well, contest or, uh, you know, they, they set out and they had tons of people, uh, artists draw and come up with a new character. And this, this guy in Japan drew, uh, Sonic and he was just like, here, this is what I think uh, would work. And that was it. They didn't do any planning. They just crowdsourced. They crowdsourced That's Sonic. Cool. And, uh, oh my God, he had this, he had a weird original name. I'm going to look it up. Uh, but he it's it's no, it was something. It sanic. was something. It
2: was. It translated to something. Hedgehog, fast hedgehog. It was something.
0: Mister Needle Needlemouse. Needle Mouse. Needle mouse. There it is. Mister Needle Mouse. You imagine if we were talking right now, Super Mario versus. Needle, Needle Mouse, mouse. One, <laughs> Mr. Needle Mouse <laughs> One. That sounds it sounds like a Mr. Rogers spinoff. yeah, Mr. Needle. Do you mouse.
2: remember Mr. Needle Mouse and Knuckles? It's a knitting
0: game. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Needle Mouse and Knuckles.
2: It's a knitting game. That's what that is. <laughs> it would be Mr. Needle Mouse and Punchy
1: Echidna. <laughs> That's amazing. It would be like um oh uh Ratatouille. But instead of making food, they're crocheting blankets, crocheting rat- ratatouille. <laughs> yes, crocheting <laughs> ratatouille, ratatouille, <Knitter-tootie. laughs> ratatouille. <Knitter-tootie. laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so I want to touch on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, these games, if they didn't explicitly throw it to you, is in like dialogue boxes and things like that. All of these games came with the coveted instruction booklet, which I sorely miss. Um, The instruction booklet also contained a lot of, like, the story and lore elements to a lot of these games. Mm -hmm. They had to save space, so if it didn't make sense for, like, Sonic to walk up on screen and then blast you with a huge speech box saying, it all began on this day, it didn't make sense. Like at the beginning of Mario? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yes, like the beginning of Mario. It didn't make sense for a game like Sonic, so... They packed it in. Um Do you guys know the story
0: of Sonic One? Even if I do, I want you to tell me.
2: <laughs> Actually, I found it. I had to look. at What it are up. we going to do?
0: Yes. Okay,
2: moving on. Moving on. <laughs> tell me. Well, I wanted to know if you guys did. I or at um, least if you can take a take a
1: crack at it. You two take a crack at what Sonic One's about. Sonic. Uh, what? Sonic is in the forest, right? And all the forest animals are being taken and replaced by robots that are evil. Well,
0: they're being encapsulated. They they cuz when you when you kill the robots, the little bunny pops out. They do a little hop up mm-hmm. and then they disappear off screen. So they're inside the robots.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: Which, which is like fucking wild. I have never seen any game do that since then. Where they put a puma inside of a, uh, what do you call that, like a... A, a fucking m- drill bot or something? Yeah, yeah, inside of a suit, you know? So like they're using the life
1: energy of the animals to power the machines? No, I
0: just think they're fucking in there.
1: <laughs>
0: like, they're just inside them. Like, they just gave them robot armor and they make them do stuff. For what reason? I don't know.
2: I want to say this is super rad. Like, you guys didn't look up the lore or anything like that before, right? No. Like, no.
0: No, just from playing it. Yeah, in game lore. Yeah,
2: I want to told. I want to. I want to point that out because uh, even though Sonic in the game doesn't give you shit, uh, just mm-hmm. through visuals and and through actions that you uh, go through the game, you guys are like ninety percent there, dude.
0: Like, yeah, really. Give it to me, what do
2: you got? Um, basically, Sonic lives on South Island. Uh, he's a friend of the animals. He notices they begin disappearing. And he discovers that the scientist, Doctor... Do you guys know
1: Robotnik's first name? Robotnik. Do you know his first oh, name? Oh,
0: hold on. Hold on. Jim...
1: Yeah. Carey. Yep. Uh, uh, Robo. Ivo. Rob Robotnik.
0: Ivo. Ivo?
2: Yep. Doctor, Ivo Robotnik has been kidnapping his huh. woodland critters and converting them into nicks. The bad guys in Sonic are called badniks. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a cool name.
2: Yeah. Badniks. So you guys got all of that right. Um, but there was one goal in mind. Robotnik wasn't doing it to be an asshole. He was doing it to collect the Chaos Emeralds, right? Oh yeah. Did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys collect any
0: Chaos Emeralds in your yes. playthrough of Sonic One? I did not. Dude, I what? didn't even no, know yeah. Sonic One had them. I had no, no the idea. R- the ring at the end—you jump through the ring and then you find the emerald in the middle of the uh, rotating level. Hell yeah! Every really? Time. That's where Mom the emeralds was were. Raised
1: on Sega. That's where yeah. the
0: emeralds were. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. <laughs>
1: I didn't do it because I didn't want to. I didn't even know Sonic 1 had the emeralds. Did you not want to save nature,
0: Jake? Did you not want to help the woodland animals? I did. I I beat it, dude. I I, I beat it for
2: this podcast with the help of a nifty rewind feature that the Genesis collection has on Steam. But I did beat it (laughs) by cheating. Um, I had no idea that the Chaos Emeralds were implemented uh, all the way in the very first Sonic game. I thought that was something that came later. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. No, man.
0: Like, I appreciate what, like, Sega did. Sega took a fucking crack at Ni- Nintendo. They they put all their heart into this,
1: you know? Yeah, I didn't like those, the Sonic 1 um, way you got the Chaos Emeralds. I preferred in Sonic, was it 2, where you had, like, the half pipe that you were in? Yeah. That's, that was yes. my favorite. That's the one I like. That, that That's was only because t- you have epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> those levels were fucking... Jesus, they were hard on the eyes. The the um the
2: the pinball thing to get the emeralds in one.
0: Yeah, where the entire level rotates, rotates in the stuff. background, yeah. flashes yeah. and moves in like against the grain of the. Oh, I I was it playing. Was and I was like, man, this sure. is rough. I was like, I'm sure if you have like epilepsy or seizure, I don't know, you know, if you have that, y'all know what I'm epilepsy, talking about. Like yeah. this, this has got to trigger you. I wonder. I mean, how can it not? Right, it was tough for me. So, go on though.
2: <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> I, these games, a lot of these games, were light on story. They they give you a little, kind of awesome little like short story in the beginning of the instruction booklets, and it just kind of ties everything that happens in the game together. Again, something I miss. Like it all man, all games of that era, that big. A blocky case, you open it up, that big old instruction booklet in there mm-hmm. to read through. And I think we all did it right as kids. We'd sit in the back seat on the way home, crack it open, and read through that oh, instruction yeah. booklet in anticipation Manual's, of playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was the tease, dude. Driving home, like let's even say from Blockbuster. Driving home from Blockbuster. Yeah. Cracking open the man learning the controls, even though mm-hmm. you know A is jump. You know you already up is up down is down but you're still reading them as if like you're going to find something. But like just pouring through those instruction manuals would just get you so psyched. Like fuck a pre-order, dude. That shit gets you mm-hmm. psyched. Here's all the things I'll be able to do. Here's the people I'm going to meet. Yep. Yep. That was the shit back. Then. Yeah, man. Oh, I want to
2: touch on the music too because I know uh yeah. music and sonic and I the the Sega yes. generation in general is pretty uh, important to you, best. cowboy. It
0: holds it holds a big place in your it's heart. The motherfucking best, dude. You're talking about Sega produced some of the best music. You got okay. Sonic itself is a, is a fucking treasure. The music in Sonic is is amazing. I don't care if everybody like knows the main Mario theme. That, that shit's bossa nova too. I don't know if you notice, but that's like samba bossa nova music. <laughs> and Sonic is like acid jazz. So <laughs> first off. Yeah. And Mr. Rogers would approve of Sonic. So I bet he played tons of Sonic. <laughs> this fucking hedgehog is wild, man. Um But that that uh, my favorite game again, Toe Jam and Earl, had the best funk out of any game I've ever heard. Yeah. Um for even sure. coming through like a MIDI or whatever they used. A MIDI and 8 you know, music uh, driver. That shit, even today. I haven't heard like remixes of that that still are an improvement. That shit was so funky. I still listen to it. It's funky as hell.
2: And a lot of the tracks. Actually, I think mm, probably all but one or two uh, in Sonic 1, the bass line is funky as fuck, too. Uh, it's It's a lot of fun to listen to. But I got one critique. Sonic's okay. main theme, the title theme, is only nine seconds long, dude. What? Yeah, really? It's nine seconds long. Well, that's that's, that's a title. It all screen. it gives you. It all like it... that's not Super Mario's that... very generous. <laughs> Very generous with the title screen. Are you, are you
0: making Super Mario last longer? You going you yes. there, Jake? <laughs> yes, yes.
2: I just—that's a big criticism of Sonic's music. The title screen, nine seconds long. It gives you a little jingle. He waves his finger at you, and if you don't hit Start <laughs> fast enough, if you're not going faster, it fucking goes to the uh, Son- the pre-recorded, like playing the level, like yeah. like previews and stuff. Yeah, it's like if Sonic you don't want to play, what the hell are bands. you even doing here?
0: <laughs> yeah. You with Sonic, you got nine seconds. Yeah. You, you 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 do what you can with your nine seconds, and then he's done. Yeah. I would
2: say Sonic only has two real iconic uh, tracks in it, too. That would be the title screen and Green Hill Zone. Uh, if somebody yeah. played any of the other Zones tracks in the wild, I don't think a lot of people would recognize them.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. But again... Shoulders of Giants, uh, sure. the cas- the casino uh, levels from two were fucking some of my favorites. Like you know, bump 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 yeah. bump, bump, bump. It ba-da-dum, inspired. Ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, oh dun, yeah, ba-da-dum. the
2: casino level. It was oh, great. I know that one. Shit, even I know that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say Sonic One is definitely it's the predecessor. It it, it inspired so much more in the Sonic franchise, which I guess it would because it's the first. But they they it. It had so many things that were just not quite there. But it only took one game to get
0: there. Sonic 2 is a blast. And then, like, just the overall, like, feel of the Sonic game. Like, I know maybe, to me, the gameplay may not have been as refined, but it was about what they did. Sega was renegades. They were going against the big corporation. They were producing a game that said, hey, you're this guy. You do what you want. You take the route you want. You break free. You get away from the the, the yeah. big corporation that is controlling your route and telling you, you know, this is what you got to do. Um, you ain't just going right. You're going right and up and down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and Sonic was a way for them to say, we can do more than that. That's true. You can be more. You can do anything. <laughs> you can go fast. You can go this way. You can go that way. So you know, like so inspirational. Ha- it was. It really was. It was like how Minecraft revolutionized. To me, it may not have done it through the game, but I think it planted the seed. I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I think the Sega far, uh, you know, Nintendo was amazing at what they did. They had a formula. They had it refined. They, they were technical wizards. But I think Sonic came in and said, chill out, bro. We can do anything. Right. <laughs> Get away from your formula and try some new shit. Try getting wild, and I love him for that. Even if his games went right in the fucking dumpster after that, and, <laughs> Oof. and he sees a lot of fanfic and yeah, uh, and fan custom-made artwork. I feel <laughs> like, using a lot of these. Yikes! I feel like <laughs> Sonic, happened, Sonic is. I feel like Sonic is one of the Disney Channel kids who didn't get mm. it right. Oh my God! Yeah, let's make a let's make a a, a animal with with like human features. That'll be cool. People like that, huh? What's that? What's a furry? What's yipping? I don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. know what that stuff is. That's not invented yet. That won't bite us in the ass about five years (laughs) later. That's not even invented yet. Sonic, they did you dirty. Everyone did Sonic dirty.
1: So that is uh, the Sega Genesis with Sonic the Hedgehog. The bad boy console and game, but it struggled with some poor implementation and missing features that we've come to love and expect from the series. Cowboy, why don't you introduce our next game? The second contender in tonight's
0: matchup is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. This one man is the reason you bought that piss-colored rectangle of pure joy. Because he is the undisputed kingpin of video games. The Godfather. Bigger than Lara Croft's trapezoids. Hungrier than Pac-Man's pill addiction. More woke than Link. He is mario i am mother nintendo Mario. You heard that right. Mario is his first and last canonically. That's because we just cannot get enough of Mario dominating the 90s, the aughts, the 10s, the 20s, and still going, this man is an eternal demigod in the world of video games, whereas Sonic's games fell so hard into the toilet that even Mario couldn't be able to unclog those stinkers. With undying hate for reptiles and a girlfriend who has yet to escape him, there are no obstacles in this man's path that he can't jump, jump with a spin, or even jump with a flip-over. I mean, the man is an unlicensed doctor, a pro-athlete, a painter, a well-rounded race car driver, and an illegal fight club organizer, all while still being just a pudgy plumber from the Bronx. With so many hats, ah, get it, cause the Odyssey, yeah, you get it, you ain't no dummy, you got it. Mario never forgets his humble beginnings, crushing his enemies beneath his feet and his rise up to claim the planets for his own, starting with Super Mario World then Galaxy, and after that, presumably, he conquers the universe, and I can't imagine it'll be long before he fights Shao Kahn for the Outer World and dimensions beyond. All hail the conquering Lord Mario.
1: Yeah, Mario is my lord and savior, for sure. I am a Mario fanboy through and through. Indoctrination. uh, yeah like my first game and every console i had had a a mario game that i absolutely loved oh, we sure. had the um the nes with mario the snes with mario nintendo 64 i mean come on mario 64 one of the best games ever made by humans uh <laughs> there's just there's so many different ways now some of the other ones like sunshine i didn't like as much but the really yeah, sunshine. I, like, I didn't like Paper Mario as
0: much. Mm. People hail Sunshine as like a solid format, like a it, like a format that did it right. It did That's interesting get, to me.
2: It didn't get a lot of love, but it introduced a ton of really interesting mechanics for sure.
0: Mm.
1: It did. Yeah, I, I just I I never really got into it the way I did the other ones. Like all of the other ones, I beat. Like it, I beat all of those Mario games, but not, not Sunshine mm. and. Um oh there was a Super Nintendo Mario game called Super Mario RPG. RPG Have was you... amazing.
0: Oh, I it played was so maybe good. 10 minutes of it.
1: Okay, me and my brother, we sat down and we we were each playing it. So this was back when we first discovered emulators and ROMs. Oh. Um and we were sitting computers apart from each other and we were both playing Super Mario RPG. And we got through like we we played for a couple of days and then he calls me over. And he's like, JB, look at this. And I I look, and on the screen, there was one of the characters calling him by his name. It was like, hey, Matthew. I remember that. And I'm like, whoa, how did they – like, that's so weird that your name happens to be in that thing. And I finally get to that same spot, and it's like, hey, JB. And I'm like, oh, my God, they know my name. How did they know this? Uh, later on, I realized that at the very beginning, you put in your name. Yeah, it asks you for your <laughs> name they, and yeah. then drops it and you forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But i that's one of my fondest memories. That game is just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, RPG
2: is amazing. And it inspired a lot of the game mechanics for like the, the Paper Mario series. They took that crazy action timing turn based thing that they did and mm-hmm. they 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 took that and it lives on in the paper mario series but we got to dive into the golden child of the super nintendo super mario world yes yes we do so up into this point we had some pretty cool stuff uh, super mario world took everything that the previous three games did and i feel like perfected the 2D Mario formula. I really think it did. I agree. Like, uh, the uh, platforming mechanics are the best up up until then. Uh, the platforming they're, mechanics... They're pretty tight. Yeah. They're the greatest. Uh, the overworld, they mm-hmm. implemented the overworld from 3. They took the basic overworld from 3 and turned it into this beautiful landscape that you explore.
0: Okay. What'd they take from
2: 2? They took... Luigi. <laughs>
0: Luigi. You know, Luigi. They took wasn't they did was World mm, the the debut of Yoshi? It was. Yeah, oh, it
2: was. Yeah. I don't know what they took from 2. They took some wild shit with a lot of new characters and stuff maybe cuz 2 had 2 had a lot of fun weird characters and they Brought that back for World, I think. Um, But yeah, Super Mario World debuts a lot of staple characters that are present to this day in the Mario franchise. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Bowser's original kids, like uh, Iggy, Ludwig, yeah, uh, etc. Oh no, (laughs) everyone but Bowser Junior. Really, um, they uh, introduced Yoshi. Dude, you guys remember jumping on Yoshi for the first time? Game changer.
1: Game changer. Yeah. Oh my god, the different colored Yoshis yes, too that you And you get the yellow Yoshi and the blue Yoshi and the and red, the red Yoshi. Yoshi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. That inspired it's...
0: Final Fantasy. With the Joker
2: Oh, that's
1: a good point. <laughs> I, wonder, I bet
0: you anything it kinda did, even subconsciously.
2: That's a good point. Um That is one of Super Mario World's strongest features, is the cast of characters it introduced. Uh, All those cool characters. And the bad guys, I would say compared to Sonic, Sonic had some really well-drawn sprites. Like, the bad guys looked really cool, but they didn't have a ton of personality. Uh, The fish swam, one of them maybe jumped, some walked around, but the... Super Mario World, it has like 30 plus bad guys with all their own behaviors and lots of really cool stuff. Like Super Mario World introduced all the crazy different styles of boos. Like it's Mm -hmm. the first time you... Is it? Okay, I might be overstepping. I think it's the first time it introduced the big boo, which would later inspire King Boo. Um, It had like the trailing boo. I actually have the name of it somewhere. Uh, it introduced a lot of the skeleton
0: characters. Yeah, but it did it really well. It yeah. streamlined it, and I'll, I'll oh, admit sure. that that the the guys and I mean obviously they're a massive corporation, years of experience. Yes. They they and they they've been Super Mario came out like a year before uh, Sonic did, so like they they had a leg up. But regardless, I digress. They did. Turn character characterization of the bad guys into gameplay elements. Yeah, like the shy boos were actually shy, and that became an element of the gameplay. When you would look at them, they would be shy, and they were really good at that. They stream everything fed into everything with Mario. So I I gotta applaud them for that. You were a hundred percent right. They they knew what they were doing, and they they kind of employed this idea of having cohesion between everything. There was even. I think they were responsible for the idea of where the progression of it, where if even in the beginning, if you went to the left path and you went up and you unlock the yellow blocks, Mm -hmm,
4: mm -hmm.
0: it would subsequently affect all the levels. Yeah. And Nintendo was amazing at pacing and being able to just slowly introduce things and never let you get bored, which Sonic didn't do. Sonic, you could get bored fucking quick. Mario just kind of fed you like a noodle. It just kept its hands like feeding a noodle to you, so like it always had
1: more pasta coming. It drip yes, fed you more Italian mechanics joke. throughout the entire game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like when you first realize that there's different branching paths you can take, and there's secret exits for the levels. I was and, and some levels have yep. multiple different secret exits. Um, it, like that kind of stuff is just so much fun because you just look around for those those exits. You're like, well, what if I don't go in this pipe here? Mm-hmm. What happens then? Yeah, so they were had a lot of replayability
0: that way. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They they were focused on their task at hand. Like it makes me imagine like the Japanese work, work ethic, like where they just they just poured blood, sweat, and tears into this stuff to make it perfect, and it shows. So I'll give them that. I will give them that.
2: I think Mario games in particular have that certain reputation. Um, they do. I don't know if a Mario game has ever been released buggy. Oh, God, no. I think they just polish it until nothing is wrong with it before they release it. It's hard to dig up dirt on Mario. It really is hard to dig up dirt. (laughs) They fucking shine that motherfucker (laughs) up. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I want to touch on the branching paths and stuff like that again as well. Um, So levels individually. uh, We already touched on it. Sonic, if you compared one level to one level, Sonic's levels are amazingly more detailed and more fun to get through. Um, Super Mario World made simple levels come together in their overworlds in the different uh, lands. It wasn't islands; it was it was the different lands. Uh,
1: yeah. So you had like different environments. Yeah, different. Like you had the water section, yes. the cave section. Yeah.
2: So it all had different environments, and you had a collection of levels in there. Though simple, they all kind of came together and created like an overall experience for that particular environment Uh, i think they focused on that way more than making individual levels crazy because mario the 2d or i should say side scrolling mario games all of them even now the individual levels aren't necessarily groundbreaking they they always focused on the big picture with mario yeah and the branching paths were so fun the first time i realized you could complete a level in more than one way i was hooked because yep. I don't think that happened. That didn't happen. It didn't happen in any other game. Uh, Mario 3 didn't do that. Mario 3 had cheats uh, with like the flutes and stuff, but you couldn't complete levels in Mario 3 more than one way. It was get to the end of the stage. It was exit stage. Well, there was... Exit stage. Well,
1: left for them, but exit stage. Hit the block and go. There was the, um, the original Mario for the NES. I think it was the original one where you could jump above a screen and run across and you get to yeah. the teleportation level yeah so i guess that was the the closest thing they they really leaned on that i think that was the most one of the most iconic features of that game mm-hmm. and then moving that over to super mario world i think they did a great job at saying let's just do this but more oh yeah absolutely uh speaking of that so there's uh, Mario is like a well-known speedrunning game. Like it's one of the most ran games of all time. Super Mario World is no exception either. Um, And I I got real into the speedrunning scene for that one as well. I think that's like my new thing now that I talk about with games. But uh, there was a I sent you guys a message on Discord with my original time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The first time I tried to speedrun it doing the The shortest exit possible. So it's like you go up into the water level. uh, You do the secret exit to that, which takes you to the ghost level. And then there's a secret exit to that, which will take you to Star Road. Star Road, yeah. And then you go through Star Road. You make it to Bowser's Castle, right? Yeah. Um, Or not Star Road. Rainbow. Star. Yeah, Star Road. It's Star Road. Star. Yeah. I was thinking Mario uh, Kart. Yeah. Um, But I'm trying to find my time here. You know,
0: I actually – I think I speed ran, but in a weird way where I just refuse to acknowledge that I'm not good enough not to hold the right key or, you know, the – what would you even call that? The right D-pad and just jump over every obstacle (laughs) with pure fluidity. Yeah. Because, God, it was like a couple years ago, but somebody broke out the old SNES. Somebody brought the actual Super Nintendo to a party, and they cracked it open. Cracked open. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> cracked, open it. They cracked, it <laughs> cracked open a cold one. Cracked open a cold I set it up, and so I begin to play, and like hubris set in, I died 19 times in a row with people watching me, and I'm yeah. like, this game, I'm so, I'm, this is my, this is classic. I just in the first hole at least 15 times. Cause I refuse to not just hold the right button and, and admit that I can't just get every jump and avoid every bad guy. Just go I think everybody has, has that with, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I just led W key, except it was a led right D pad. And <laughs> I think everybody's that way with Mario. There's such a thing like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, I grew up on this game. I know it, I've perfected it. Everybody has that memory.
2: <laughs> and then that same Koopa just wipes the fucking floor with you. And then you yeah. miss time to jump. And then you jump yep. and a flying Koopa gets you. Yeah. It, that is...
0: I, that's the Mario gameplay loop, dude. I do want to say, though, that Mario, especially World, uh, is outstanding for its super subtle like mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like... Some of the early implementations of Coyote Time, the ability to be able to jump slightly after the ledge ends, and inertia, and uh, holding A to like have your your jump only last as long as you hold it, and to put the just the touches that kind of have this real life velocity to it, yeah. where when you let go of A, it just doesn't stop like a brick. Like there's some, you know, still slightly declining rise and descend. Like Mario pioneered. The idea of implementing those mechanics without anybody noticing, so it would feel natural. So I'll give that. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shoot, Mario's the granddaddy of all platformers, man. Mm -hmm. All platformers Mm -hmm.
0: walk in Mario's shadow, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. In even when I was playing Sonic, I realized this. That even back in the day, I was running up an incline and I jumped, and it catapults me at a perfect forty-five. And then it also reduces my speed when i when I'm running uphill, and I'm like, "This isn't natural. Programmers had to go in and simulate these physics of like the angle you will jump at based on the angle of the curve that you're currently running up at. yeah, I'm like that's impressive for early games, you know, like w how many bits in that 16? 16, 16. and they were and they were simulating like trajectories and shit. Yeah. That's more impressive than any of us could realize as kids. Like, we didn't care. We just cared that it worked. Mm-hmm. JB, you had some about speedruns. I still oh, want to hear. Yeah.
1: That. So, my original time was 22 minutes, um, seven seconds. So, that was my original first time I tried speedrunning through it. And I did it like three, four more times, got my time down to under 20 minutes. And there's still a lot to do, but there was. Um, I had so much fun, even though it's like eight levels that you play and then it's over and you just start over. I had so much fun just going through those eight levels over and over and over. Um, I, I remember back in the day, I always went through the long path. So I would take, I would do the normal exits basically for everything. Yeah. And then you end up going into that weird forest area. Um, the forest you go across that bridge. I think it was called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Did you guys take that? oh dude
2: I played it I played it uh traditionally I didn't I I played every level I could I, I unlocked a pass and still cleared every level
0: yeah it, it's kind of weird to want to like skip parts of a game you love so no I didn't get my That's jollies off of that but I mean it's whatever everybody has their their way that it affects their serotonin or whatever so <laughs> all
1: right man. yeah I think there's just something about it like being able to uh perfectly go through because with all of those different levels there's no way you can be perfect all the way through but if you have eight levels there's a pretty good chance that eventually you can do a perfect route through all eight levels and beat the game faster than any other person could so i think there's something to be said about that for that those type of types of people who like to do that but i agree if you spend money on a game i mean back in the day these were the triple a games they cost just as much as triple a games now yep um and it, it wouldn't make sense to be like, okay, yeah, I beat the game. I just spent sixty dollars on in twenty two minutes. I'm done with it. That's
0: fucking. You imagine spending sixty dollars on Mario, the original Mario. That fucking blows <laughs> uh-huh. my mind. I mean, back then it made sense, but still, I I can't fucking compute that Mario sixty bucks. Yeah, you're like, spending
2: that. Fuck me. You're spending that coin if it's Mario one. You're spending that coin in the late eighties too.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, J.A.B., I I think what you're talking about, I swear humans are, like, built to enjoy recursive improvement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, getting a little better each time, you know, shaving a little bit off your lap. Yeah. And so people who, like, really like that just gear towards it. I mean, that's stuff like racing games. That's, like, CSGO where the fucking difficulty curve is a steep climb and people still love it somehow. All those highly competitive multiplayer games. So it's it's, it's a valid way to play a game. It's a valid way to, to have enjoyment. You know, If it's natural to the human brain, fucking go for it.
1: All right, the point is to have fun. And yeah. if you have fun doing it that way, do it that way. If you have fun doing it another way, do it another way. Yeah, get off you know, by we... any means
0: necessary. That's why. <laughs> oh,
1: jeez. <laughs> yeah. I think That's we as gamers... Rules. Like, just gamers in general need to chill out sometimes. Um, sometimes, yeah. I've been looking at, um, shoot, what was it? I watched, uh, man, I think I read YouTube comments or something, and they were talking about, yeah, they were talking, oh, no, 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 it was on Reddit, and they were talking about a game, and it was that game's subreddit. And it was sure, I wish I knew what game it was, but they were talking about how some people have beaten it very, very quickly. And the people underneath are like, you know, I don't understand what the point is and you're wasting your time. Why would you, why would you do that? And there's all of these people kind of in that echo chamber just basically saying, and they're like, oh, and they're cheating anyway. That's not the way you're supposed to play the game. You should play it the right way. And I'm like, okay, like gamers, can we just all just stop? Can we just stop? That's yeah. You're not adding anything to the conversation by doing that.
2: I think that is a huge separate conversation that we maybe we should dive into we in a separate in a separate episode. Maybe. Uh, yeah. We could I, talk
0: about that at length. I want to sure. say that I have seen plenty of articles that address this in the form of people hating people who use cheats, people who hate people who do easier difficulties of like Dark Souls, and just all around people who can't understand that not every human's brain works the same and sometimes... You'll have a hard time understanding how other people get enjoyment in different ways than you, and that's really Great. all it is. But yeah, I want to deep dive into that because I love talking about the psychology of video games, like using this medium to fulfill something in your brain. Like mm-hmm. I could talk about that endlessly. We we should.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I think we should as well. We could touch on that on a, a
2: on a separate uh, episode for sure. Do you guys? Ooh, yeah. or we if, could do if, you it guys, for a Patreon I mean, exclusive.
0: If the boss, <laughs> if well, you want to, if the boss less, if us. you want to,
2: yeah. Do you guys remember what game we're talking about? Super, Super Mario, Mario World. <laughs>
0: okay, just wanted to make sure. All right. So. We're talking about Clay Fighter.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Killer oh, that game.
2: All right, uh, Cowboy, I want you yes. to talk about the music for Super Mario World. I don't want to talk about it. Let's Mario do it. <laughs> Let's have a conversation about how many memorable tracks Super Mario World has in its game and okay. how dynamic the music is. As
0: you play through the s- levels. It's it's not bad. Again, Sega has produced some of my fa- favorite music. And I'm going to say, I have this weird theory. I'm going to see if you guys agree with me. There is this weird thing where some of my favorite games of all time, across any genre, across any platform, always have my favorite music. Final Fantasy VII has amazing music it's an amazing rpg mm-hmm. and it had and it's it's one of my favorites same for um same for sonic same for uh i mentioned toe jam and earl how much do you think music really like plays into that to like a lot you know it's 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 tries to get an emotion out of you and if you know if you love a game that's a that's an emotion are you, Am I being
2: like... Are you asking looking? how much we think music plays into... Uh, Fandom. Fandom? Love of a game, you know. A ton, yeah, how,
0: how you react to a game.
2: A ton. Uh, music, I mean, music in itself, and video game music is an art form in itself, and music uh, evokes stronger emotions in a person than visuals usually do, unless yeah. the visuals are exceptionally strong or it's usually they have to be very a visual has to be very powerful to evoke a a, a true emotion in somebody but music is a huge tool to convey a tone to make a person feel a certain way in in a certain moment in the game
0: yeah yeah no definitely agree and so my question is how much weight do you think that carries 50 percent Thirty percent, twenty five. Because I feel like it's high. I feel like it's like fifty percent sometimes. Wait, just because of a
2: trend, I see. Wait in, wait in what? How good a game is? In your or love like for the game, the love in, of a game,
0: emotional appeal. Yeah, because uh, most games you don't love logically. You you love emotionally. <laughs> you know, I don't. Right, it's
1: just a feeling.
0: Nostalgia is never like a calculated thing. Like yeah. oh, Mario. Yes, I remember that the game mechanics were 98% perfect, and that was my favorite game calculator. No, it says you just have these flashbacks to how you felt when you played no. it.
2: All of my favorite games also have really good music, like they all do. I don't have a favorite game that has mediocre or no music or, or boring music. I can remember the tracks to uh,
0: all of my favorite games. So I perfect. think I think, it, I think it weighs a lot. Exactly. Mario bores the shit out of me with its music. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. F- <laughs> I fucking set you, you fuck up here. <laughs> <laughs> the first the first tracks. you know, you got your classic Mario. I'll give it up. You know, that's some good samba, you know, uh who you guys know the song? What's the song? Classic. Sing it for me. The title track? Which one? Title track. Are you talking Mario 1 or Super Mario Oh, yeah. That's a fucking banger, dude. Any generation. I don't give a shit. After that, I can't tell you what the music sounds like for 3, World, 64. I can barely remember it. It doesn't impact me. And I don't know if that's part of why I don't like it or if it's, you know. So the music, meh. Mm. What was the original question? <laughs> you
1: think of the what music? did you think of the music? What did you think of the music? And I think you've answered it.
0: <laughs> I want to make partly. sure I we don't do off base. I think you. That's, I think that's, your that's words it. were cutting, to say the least. Uh. It didn't. <laughs> it it felt like too focused. It felt like maybe it had too much music theory in it, not enough genuinity, genu uh, genuine, well, or personality. Like imperfections sometimes are better than than not. And I I couldn't get that from it. So,
2: man, I just don't feel the same way with the music. I'm very passionate about about the music in, in games. Uh, I thought, see, Super Mario World's music—they're not—they're not bangers. Not a single one of them. You can't take the Super Mario not, soundtrack um, and fucking throw it, you know, throw it in the mix at a rave, and everyone's just like, "Fuck yeah!" They um they're they're not. Uh what they do is set a really cheerful yeah. happy tone. It it's Super Mario World is about having a good time. And it's like about adv- <laughs> 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 it's about adventure and having a good time and it's lighthearted, it's cheery, it gets you going. The mm-hmm. music again I'm going to say it, uh the music in Super Mario World is also dynamic. It changes whether you're on or off of Yoshi. Yeah. Uh whenever you're on Yoshi they add uh another layer of percussion like cool like bongos yeah. cuz remember in the 90s caveman games and dinosaur games always had a lot of like fucking congas and bongos and stuff in them
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did. That was a hallmark. Maybe that it. was easy for like 8-bit games. Maybe yeah. bongos were like Yeah. But they did that with Yoshi. That.
2: Yeah, it, it changes on and off. You can jump on and off of Yoshi and it dynamically changes the soundtrack. Um it also switches tracks whenever you're running out of time. And yeah, yeah, so uh, Mar- the- Mario has a lot of really dynamic music uh and it, it sets the tone
0: really well, I think it did set that early and Sonic does that, but I think it stole it and yeah here's the thing you take any Sega game really, like a lot of them, the major ones and you make a dubstep remix, you got a fucking banging club remix dude you got Euro trance just <laughs> out of your mind Good music all right you can't do that. With the, the bossa nova elevator music of Mario, you know, <laughs> da, na, 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 I na, na. you can't get that. You can't.
2: I bet there's a lot of people out there who have tried yep. and I bet everyone listening to this that knows it is going to be like, no, you are wrong. No. You are so wrong. Uh, you, I'm wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Should we have a new segment called Prove Cowboy Wrong? And then we'll just play the dubstep remixes of Mar- Mario music. Yes. Those
0: are all forced. Every time I've heard those, you take a you take any remix of the original Mario theme, and it feels so forced. I'm gonna say that right now. And that's been mm. Cowboys Hot Take. Hot take of the week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, dude. It's you're are you're entitled to that. And honestly, if
1: I'm thinking about it objectively, you're making points for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at the other games that you were you kind of talked about. So Sonic, um, Toejam and Earl, I think, is the best example because yeah. the music there is music. Yeah. It's not like a video game score, which I think is what Mario goes for. Yeah. Um it's more of a instead of just putting a music track in the background of the game, that's just a good music track, what they did was they they did kind of like a with a movie. It's not actually music. If you separate it from the game, it doesn't have the same power. It's an um, LSD fueled
0: jam session. That's what they were. <laughs> toe jam- <laughs> the Toe Jam and <laughs> Earl? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. LSD right. all day long. You know it because that was like, these were the the hip new people making games. What's a game, dude? I don't know. We're on the forefront of technology, dude. We're we're business dudes in suits doing tons of cocaine and just making music for this wild new technology. Hell yeah, they were on LSD doing acid funk jazz. You know it. That's Sega. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll give> it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck. All right, yeah. Hot takes. No, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Uh real quick visuals we already touched on that uh, sonic yeah. apples to apples uh, is more visually detailed and intricate um mario's visuals are basic uh the backdrop is just wallpaper like so, uh, sonic's yeah. backdrop moved like the 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 water you can see the waterfalls moving things like that in the backdrop um music's more on point uh yeah This is what I love about Super Mario World, though. Do you guys know the story of Super Mario World?
1: Princess. Mm. Bowser. There's a little more to it. There's a little more to it.
0: Well, hold on. You might just be generalizing, but um, Buck, no. There was no... I don't... Yeah, there was a princess in the other castle, so we know that much.
2: Um. No, there's more to it. Uh, Super Mario. Super Mario had more. Uh, Super Mario World had more story elements, and it actually also gave you little tidbits every time you destroyed one of the fortresses and stuff like that. And it set it up in the yeah. beginning too. Um, inside the game, you know that Yoshi. Well, there's a call from help where the Yoshis live. Hey, the Yoshis were stolen, and as you go through. It feeds you cool lines about progressing and stuff like that. Um, but it's a Mario game. You know that, well, at this time it's Toadstool. Princess Toadstool is in Bowser's Castle. But uh, Super Mario World doesn't take place in the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, it takes place in Dinosaur Land. It's just called Dinosaur Land. It takes, oh, yeah, it takes yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. In, yeah, it takes place in Dinosaur Land. So Super Mario World is a direct sequel story-wise to 3. I'll read you a little tidbit here. Uh, after saving okay. the Mushroom Kingdom, Super Mario 3 is the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, after saving yeah. the mush, uh, after saving the Mushroom Kingdom from Bowser, I think they, were they calling him Bowser by Super Mario World? Or was he still King Koopa? He's probably, I think he was Bowser in Super Mario World. Uh, well, I mean, wouldn't Bowser be his first name? Bowser Koopa? Bowser Koopa. They changed him up. Like Princess Toad still King became- Bowser Koopa.
0: Princess Tosil became Princess Peach. King Koopa became a Bowser. Yeah. They, they... I don't like any princess with the name Stool in and... it. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they did some cool name changes that I think were sorely needed for the franchise. Yeah. But yeah, uh, after saving the Mushroom Kingdom from Bowser and the rest of the Koopas in Super Mario 3, Mario and Luigi needed to recuperate after their adventures. Together, they agreed that the best place to vacation was a magical place called Dinosaur Land. <laughs> That's good. So they went That's on vacation. Super so Mario World starts as a vacation. Mario and Luigi were like, fuck this. We need to get out of here for a little bit. Um, fuck all these mushrooms. We need to go <laughs> see dinosaurs. <yeah. laughs> That's relaxing. <laughs> what uh, <the> fuck? <laughs> but while Mario and Luigi reclined on the beach for a relaxing nap, Princess Toadstool mm-hmm. disappeared. Apparently seized by evil forces. I wonder who that was. Uh, theoretically. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. They come upon an egg. It hatches. It's Yoshi saying, hey, they took all my dinosaur buddies, shoved them in magic eggs, and stole them. And I'm pretty sure they stole Peach, too. And that's the story. But, yeah, there's a little more to it than just the princess is in, is in another castle. They actually kind of compound on what happened in the previous game, which they didn't yeah. do in the first two. Interesting. Did also... In the story, Yoshi hands Mario a magic cape, and that's where that badass, iconic yellow cape comes from. Story-wise, Yoshi gave it to him. Well, we
0: know it's a magic feather. but Man, wh- what is Nintendo's magic that a yellow cape becomes iconic? Because i, I got to admit, yes, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is a yellow cape iconic?
2: why is a fire is, that lets you throw a fireball or why is a flower that gives you fireball power iconic also they hit it man i've always I said
0: i've always said that nintendo is the disney of the video game world they're goddamn sorcerers i don't know how they put all this in my head and make me super fond of it like it's nonsense when you really stop to really think is. about it isn't it it's a plumber a plumber, a plumber in a magic mean, land i know Eating magic mushrooms and flowers and spitting fire and saving a princess, you know, toadstool. Might as well be named Frog Poop. Like, it doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. He's jumping on a Goomba. What the fuck is a Goomba? Yeah. And I got to tell you, they wrote this game from scratch, so they had to present this to somebody. And they were like, here, it's a Goomba. What is that? He's a mushroom. You jump on his head they had to like present this whole fever dream this hallucinogenic nightmare to somebody and somebody wrote off on it and it was amazing yeah, and everyone these, was right i don't know how they said great that's great that's great sign Are, it print it how how is the most popular video game of all time makes zero sense the legendary video game is just i don't know it's it's, it's it does eventually that poses a really good question it really does I think weird has its place and popularity. I think people like a good amount of weird. They don't like things to make 100% sense. They like them to make a lot of sense and have some weird shit in there to keep it interesting. I
1: agree. I think that's Mario did that perfectly. an interesting point yeah. because you have to take some sort of like – you have to step outside reality a little bit for yeah. some games. Yep. And I think they do that on purpose because that's how you really get into the game world. Um, and the more you connect with the game world outside of reality, the more enjoyment you're going to have of it, the, the more you're going to remember it as like a good escape. Yeah. Um, and that's what games are. So I, I I think it's a, a, a plan that they enacted. A perfect balance. There's
0: enough to latch onto that you recognize it, but enough weird that it intrigues you. Like your brain starts saying like, what would this world be like with all this weird shit? But there's enough tangible reality to it. Yeah, that that's that's a medium people have always been trying to hit in video games and any alternative kind of art form and For sure. entertainment medium. But uh you know, sci fi fantasy, uh in the form of books, movies, goes on and on. But yeah, I think you're dead on. I think that that's 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 a great theory.
2: All right, that was Super Mario World, the best
0: game in the world, and it's gonna win. I don't care. <laughs> hit it, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what's good, what's bad, and what matters about each game. And as always, our contenders will be awarded trophies based on the three categories of art, game design, and fun factor. And then, with those trophies in mind, we will crown an ultimate victor for today's battle. Before anyone else can interrupt me, I'm going to interrupt myself. Go ahead and take it away, me, with this week's Mini Boss of the Week. This week's mini-boss is Dead Cells. From six-man French dev team Motion Twin, Dead Cells is an action roguelite platformer with thousands of overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. This game hits on all the marks needed for a successful roguelite, by using a maze work of procedural levels, a variety of random items dropped through each playthrough, and a slow-building perma-upgrade system that will help you inch just a little farther on each run. To me, this is a 2D, fast and fun, lightweight Dark Souls. The heavy inspiration is obvious through its challenging enemies, its gloomy gothic atmosphere, and a minimalist storytelling with a mysterious lore that is uncovered in the backdrop. This game is gorgeous to play through, with an excellent color palette, tons of particles and effects, and a unique style for each branching level path you can choose to take. And with an amazing lighting system to boot, it's pure interactive art. The combat is fun to execute, satisfying to master, the dodge roll is effective, and the shields have a timing perfect parry. You'll become addicted to learning the rhythm and the combos across dozens of unlockable weapons and skills, all of them with that classic Diablo randomized effects that can be synergized across your whole arsenal. There is a lot of replayability in this game. Each run you beat unlocks the next difficulty, with higher stakes but higher rewards, and the game has tons of collectibles and secrets to discover. Now, the game can become a bit of a grind when farming up some of the endless cells that you'll need for the progression elements and a lot of the unlockables, and some of the hordes of enemies and bosses can be very frustrating when you try to surmount them with an underpowered item set, especially if that was all the level provided you. However, any disadvantage can be trumped by skill and dead cells, because there's a huge focus on momentum, precision, and reaction timing. It can be difficult at first, but once you become adept at the smooth responsive controls, you'll become hooked on the feeling of the complete badass ninja that it makes you. So the question is, is this boss worth the battle? I'm going to say yes, definitely is. The art, fun, and game design of this game are top notch. So if you're a lover of Dark Souls, Mark of the Ninja, Spelunky, any roguelite genre, this game is a must have for you. You can go out and buy it now on PC. PS4, Xbox One, or the Switch for $25, and there is the occasional sale, bringing it down to 15 So go out and pick it up today, and message us. Tell us what you think of it. Now, back to the showdown.
2: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's the moment you've been waiting for all crazy-ass Christmas podcast. Three trophies, two games, one ultimate victor. Up first, it's me with the art trophy. Both contenders today are retro powerhouses. Sonic 1 started a franchise with super detailed levels that just make you want to go fast. And Super Mario World is a celebrated entry in a well-established franchise that introduced a slew of new characters, including the green dino himself, Yoshi. When it comes down to creativity involved with the zone and level design, Sonic 1 wins by a mile. The levels are frantic, they are insane, and packed with personality. Sonic 1 also takes the lead with more detailed sprite art. Music is also up for debate, depending on what you consider good. Look at it, you, cowboy. For me, this came down to the creativity involved in the overall package. Super Mario World delivered a host of memorable characters still seen today in modern Mario games. And the overworld was charming and fun to traverse. It also contained vastly more story elements, simple as they were, that made you care about continuing your journey. For this, Super Mario World takes the art trophy.
0: Up next, the Game Design Trophy. Now, some people may forget that Sonic going up against Mario was a bit of the David and Goliath story. Nintendo was already a well-established game-making veteran with an estimated 90% share of the market before both those games released in the early 90s. And in those stories, with David and Goliath, we all want to believe in the underdog. But when those stories occur in reality, Goliath wins those battles 9 times out of 10. The unstoppable giant that was Nintendo just knew how to build a game. They had pages and pages of game theory, level design, puzzle ideas that they could bury Sega under. For me, Sonic's implementation of simultaneous co-op beat out Mario's turn-taking, and the levels were so intricately crafted, with more scale and options, but... Mario had approachability, character control, game pacing. They had it all down to a science. While Sonic was all flash and all fast, it was Mario who took his time, slowly introducing you to new things and prolonging the enjoyment. So before this metaphor gets too sensual, as much as it pains me to say,
1: I gotta give the game design trophy to Super Mario World. And I'll round things out with the Fun Factor trophy. Both of these games brought back a sense of nostalgia and truly immersed me in the 90s, a decade I think we all can agree was a more simpler time. Uh, Both games are fun platformers, too. Sonic goes fast and Mario has power-ups galore. Defeating the final boss feels rewarding in both games and gives you a feeling of accomplishment you don't normally get in many of the games you play today. Or maybe that's just me because I don't beat them. If... I had two trophies to give out, I'd definitely give one to both, as these are two games that are some of the best ever made, and I truly enjoyed my time with them the last few weeks. However, I did find myself drawn to one game in particular, either due to my history with the series, or the console, or maybe I just thought it was more fun. In either case, my Fun Factor trophy is going to Super Mario World.
0: Super Mario World takes all three trophies. No surprise there with Nintendo, the major corporation. However, that does not mean that the Genesis does not stand a chance in tonight's theme, a best 90s gaming bundle to find under the Christmas tree. Let's go ahead and get to tonight's votes to see who the real winner is. Jake. Easy, man. Super Mario World. JB. Super Mario World. And for no fucking use at all, I'm going to say Sonic, best game in the world, (laughs) Takes my vote for the Sega Genesis best console in the world. And that means that Super Mario wins (laughs) tonight's battle. (laughs) TKO for Super Mario World. TKO. Play the fucking music. Boom. Another perfect episode. A perfect Christmas for a perfect podcast. We are the goddamn Galactic Kings of the Universe. Galactic Kings of the Universe. If I do say so myself, so uh, humbly, uh, thank you all for listening, JB. I think you have some information for the uh, the Franks, the
1: viewers. Sure, absolutely. If you want to reach out to these galactic kings of the universe, uh, feel free. Like seriously, we want to spread that Christmas cheer mm-hmm. and just cheer in general. Uh, we're all in this together, right? Twenty twenty, what a world! Um, so we are available. Uh, pretty much anywhere anyone's available check us out on twitter at head to head pod we're on facebook we're on instagram uh, you please email us give us listener questions just reach out and say hi we're gonna always monitor that email and uh we'll either respond to you through there or you may even end up uh, hearing your question on the show so our email is head to head that's head the number two head pod at gmail.com and looking forward to hearing from you just remember, when you think head-to-head, think number two.
0: Think poo. <laughs> hmm? <All right.
2: laughs> I want to give a big thanks to Metroid Mike for the use of our theme song, I Can't yeah. Break, off of the album Heart of the Juggernaut. Now, So good. This dude made this music with the sound card of a Game Boy. It's legit, yep. dude. Uh, there's links in the description to his uh Follow this dude on Twitter, too. He's a cool guy.
0: Yeah. He's a solid dude. He does that album uh for Chip Tunes for the Autistic. Did I Chip did Tunes I hear? for Autism,
2: yeah, he's he's part of that project autism. too. Yeah.
0: Like what a thing to do. Yeah. Check him out. Check out uh Metroid Mike. Uh and I also want to thank you guys for listening to us. Uh please rate, follow, even consider our Patreon. Um, you know, I I know everything's tough, but we wanna deliver content. We wanna give you as much as possible. Um so Just get at us everywhere you can We are highly engageable dudes We are real people Um, You're real people Your words matter So reach out to us We really want to hear from you And I'm talking to you Frank, Bill, Juliet Whatever your name may be Go ahead and email us and tell us your name And remember I love all of you Now get the fuck out of here Merry Christmas everybody Merry Christmas everybody Or happy Hanukkah or kicking Panza, or Yolo you or dynamite Diwali.
2: He's still playing Super Mario World and listening to Alanis Morissette, huh?
0: Yeah, and he's on his sixth Lunchable. I I tried to cut him off, but he threw his yak back at me. Should
2: we tell him that Boss's Tamagashi died and we can go back to 2020 now?
0: Nah, let's just let him have some... Just a little more time, you know? It is Christmas, after all. Merry Christmas, JB. Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, fuck you, turtle bitch. (laughs)